talking yeah the last we, we hour just, we just recorded a different podcast we did we recorded no mics exactly the no mics oh you mean a conversation no it's called acoustic podcasting uh, oh acoustic that's goddamn. i, I gotta so get funny. better at acoustic podcasting <laughs> that's how people know you're friendly and not not you know it's uh as soon as the mics turn on i really i really lay down the podcasting but when it's not plugged in i just can't podcast as well that's not true <laughs> you are a profoundly successful podcast person no no that's what i'm saying i'm very good on the mic off oh, the mic that's not true we just had a fucking bang i know because i know you guys oh for the love of pete oh my gosh i don't fear you oh my god well <laughs> first off introduce yourself because the guests i'm mr himself. ear <laughs> Hi, I'm Mr. Ear. Yeah, this is Tom Goss. <laughs> Yay, Tom yeah. Goss! Yeah, I, I was listening. I was listening to another episode uh, on the way here, just to kind of like. I always try to do that before I do a podcast, just to yeah. kind of like remind myself, all right, what's the tone again? What are we? What are we doing? And then I always throw all that info out of the window as soon as I I get here and r- just end up ruining the show. Welcome to ruining the show with Tom Goss <laughs> and his new podcast. Her name's not on it. Ah, uh, that's so funny. Uh, but yeah, I already forgot what I was saying. No, I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that. We were having a very interesting conversation about like and we'll get all into it um yeah it's been a heavy uh alex is not here today because i got real sick last week and then i just didn't schedule anybody and i just i felt alex if you're listening i, I just felt terrible about not um scheduling in advance i wanted to respect your time so we love you alex why you. do you hate me yeah no alex how no. could you no I'm he kidding. loves you also also i know he's preparing for a hot roast battle um with toby marishano's so. yeah kill it man yeah um oh man i was reading jokes last night can i just say i am you and i both have roast battled yes. in the past not each other but yes not each other that would yeah. be epic by the way yeah every time i think about coming back i'm like it would have to be no a- <laughs> exactly no 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 but i was i i actually was like i was reading over um somebody's jokes and um, they had a whole run of those thank you such and such the right. rip off of the Mike Lawrence technique yeah and I my the back of my eyes started to boil like yeah. I was just like because ah, I just I had this like flashback of how angry it makes me that the audience laughs at it because it's not a joke like it's not a well-written joke and they only say thank you they never say good one or like there's never like any variation in the style and it just yeah. drives me up the fuck and i was like yeah well you don't do that anymore calm the fuck down bitch it was like i was actively getting angry about something i don't even do anymore yeah no i <laughs> i mean if it makes you feel better i've also gotten furious about that in my head it's like the only person who's allowed to do that regularly is mike you, you know what i mean like yeah you can throw in yeah. one occasion but every battle is just I feel like every battle, not every single battle, yeah. but half the battles I see is just just like a thank off where yes. it's the setup to everything, and it's yes. just like the whole. What made this show cool is you could do original shit and be off the wall yes. and not be judged for coming off too crude or too and, weird or too weird. Yeah, and uh, you know a restricted format to be creative. Right, and you just you, you know, and that's not what it is anymore. But you know. that's you know, it's it. But like, it's just like that. Yeah, that's kind of. It's just like. 
is that what made you? Is that what brought you joy? Is to just write oh. thank you dot 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 a bunch of times until you, you know what I mean? Like, stop yes. worrying about doing well in that fucking room. It doesn't. It does. That room does not matter. Oh. I know. I know. I know there are people that it's it's helped my friends. It's helped your friends, mm-hmm. and I am so glad it has. I like almost. I'd say like 95% of the people involved in that show, five yes. of them can fuck off and die, but 95% of them, I, I wish them nothing but love and respect and success, but that room does not fucking matter. No. It's it's a fun room to perform in, and that's what it should be used for, is do be. something creative, do something cool, t- bomb a couple jokes. Who who cares what Jeff thinks? You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, at the end of the day, he's not really thinking about it. He's... Busy being successful comedian, you know what I mean? But we've both been in that mindset of trying to uh, where where we want to be. Let we're both like uh, you've known me since I started stand up. Yeah, you've literally you're one of those people that has shaped the way I think of stand up. And I I just want to say now I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's not true because we're both <laughs> we're both really hard and what like we're both really hard workers. We're both very serious about cr- the craft of jokes, which right. is why we're both irritated by that. And it was it was what I ended up doing is I sent back when I said because I always send back notes. I like send back detailed notes, and I just reworded every single joke because to me it's such a waste of a good punchline. You're like wasting a good yeah. alliteration or like a fun punchline or like some some fun way to like put a mask on another person and there's just like it's like it's just such a it's such a small thing that could be so much bigger it can really grow that joke into something beautiful yeah yeah, and i yeah i also want to be clear i'm i'm fucking nobody i don't battle anymore it's not it's 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 whatever but to me it's just yeah i stopped when did you stop getting the requests it took about a year for me getting getting the request to battle yeah like from other other Mm -hmm. people who are looking for battles yeah i think i think about like I think like eight months. People don't know that I battled now. People I know ask too. Me, I know. People dude. ask me like, "Did you ever? Did you ever? Did you ever? Have you ever done a roast battle?" I was like, "Yeah, I was in the top ten for a little for a while." <laughs> 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 yeah. I was. Yeah, I was. Uh, it was uh, such a weird world. Yeah, it's just like you know what it what it is to me is when that format's uh, like overused. It's just like. What's cool about shows with formats mm-hmm. is how you can break them and do interesting. And yes, you know, I'd rather. I'd, I'm so much more interested in seeing someone taking a interesting swing that bombs than yes. someone who crushes with yes. something that's like you know. I did roast your hood, which is or your hood's a joke or whatever. It's roast battle, but like um, regionally based uh-huh. or n- nationally based, right? And um, I sang a, um, I've talked about it a bunch of those podcasts because I had a wicked panic attack right afterwards. I sang a alt-right version of the national anthem <laughs> <laughs> at the end. And I didn't realize I was, the act of singing on stage is very anxiety You're wondering why the Proud me. Boy showed up to your document. No, <laughs> oh my God. No, that happened like almost a year ago. And I'm I actually, kidding. at first I thought, um, and this is going to sound terrible because no shade, no shade to the mean boys. But I was like, is this because of that shit I said on mean boys? <laughs> We don't really, we don't really have, they're very, yeah, we don't, I don't think we have any proud boys. We have some, weird. we have like a few, like a few like Trump supporters, Yeah, but vast minority, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's mostly liberal people who are just a little crazy, but kind yeah. hearted, you know, and then there are, there are a few people that politically I don't agree with, but they're, right. they, even they're, I think 
most of them are the, that group where they're kind hearted. You know what I mean? Oh I yeah. They're just, I once saw a very intense young lady walk up to, uh, walk up to Connor at a, uh, at the comedy palace and uh-huh. slip an intricately folded note into his hand. See, this sounds like a Mean Boys fan. And then he opened it, and I was like, "What is that?" Because at first I'm like, "Are you? Okay? Are you? You're safe? great. You're gonna die." <laughs> yeah, it was like a really, it was like a loving fan letter, and right. I was like, "That's so, that's so adorable." Like, yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely love that. That's so amazing. No, they do shit like that. Yeah. They, they, you know, they'll write you a note, but they won't look you in the eye. You know, they're, it's they're literally what I witnessed. Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> you know, someone. Someone gave me shoes in Vegas, and they're like, "Don't tell anybody it was me. Don't say my name. Don't." Uh, but please enjoy the shoes. I want you to enjoy the shoes. You need Aww. new shoes. I don't want to be on camera. I don't want. I don't want a shout out. Please do not. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like you know, they're just. I, I think it's. All, I think it's a lot of people who are going through shit or have been through shit, and they're like, "Oh, here's some. Th- here's three fucked up dudes who are saying jokes for joke's sake." And fuck it. It's joking your way through the darkness. Yeah, that's yeah. the alternate title of the Mean Boys podcast. Yeah, I mean that sounds that sounds a lot more profound than what it really is. Is uh, okay. <laughs> how do we take the concept of fudge and make it an immortal deity who also uh, uh, is depressed? Like you know, it's the first off, fudge dumb. is an immortal deity. When my dad was dying, he was like, it was so funny because he was like, "Do you have any concept of what heaven would be like?" And I was like, "I don't." I don't know. And he goes, I think heaven is a giant Hershey kiss. And I just get that, eat it as much as I want. And I was like, I love that. So yeah, like fudge is a D especially if you had Jared, Jared's fudge. No, I'm going to ask Jared to make you a batch of fudge. It's like fucking I ate like, he makes fudge and peanut butter brittle from scratch. Those are some of my favorite things. Anything, anything, <laughs> anything where you have to get like an anvil press to compact Ugh. all of the fat and and sugar into you, you know what I mean? If yeah. You can, it basically basically it's a, if you can make a sugar diamond, I'm obsessed with like anything thick that's and sweet. I fucking love. I have to be careful with sugar because I will eat it and then like kind of go crazy a little bit. Like I will like, and we were talking about that, about food, food allergy. You have a very serious, um, and I want to preface this because we just like got into it. We were just getting that hot Tom Anna energy going on right now. Um, I just want to preface this. Like um, I've I've made a decision. I've made a decision. Um, uh, uh, Brody Stevens passing hit this house very, very hard. Stuart was, I could imagine. Yeah. Stuart, he meant the world to Stuart. Um, Caitlin, friend of the podcast, completely meant the world. So for the next 30 days, everybody I'm going to talk to is going to talk about, uh, I'm I'm just going to interview with a lot of people I know who have had mental health stuff going on. Oh, yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to destigmatize it. I want to talk about it. I want it because, because I've had in the last year, I was managing a, just a very low, like low level, I have anxiety, right? And yeah. I was managing it for years and years with exercise. But you've known me. I go up and down. Like, I go sure, up and down yeah. like any other person. But it, when I lost the ability to, like, wake up and run my feelings into the ground and then, like, be able to start my day because of physical injuries, I really slumped into this anxiety depression cycle yeah. that I would go to. And I finally got to a point after doing Your Hood is a Joke. Um, 
I well, I marched into my therapist's office and I was like, I need to be able to do my fucking job. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, and I had to get a little extra help. And since then, everything's just been like, oh, okay, that's good. You know, like the same stuff, the diet, the exercise, the everything is still in place. But like, I just want to, I want to talk more about that. I know that this is, I, yeah. so I'm just preparing you. If you're getting into them, like hardcore recovery stories, you want to talk about heroin, you want to go, we're going to be talking about sad right now, <laughs> or we're going to be talking about like, Oh no, my brain's doing crazy. Um, yeah, no, I think it's great. I've been trying to talk about it for a while. People don't like listening to it, <laughs> <laughs> but they don't, you know, what's fascinating is they, they shut down because we all experience it. For to an extent. To an extent. Mm-hmm. Either or we've had people in our lives that, yeah, they do shut down. They do shut down. I think, I, I don't know if it's out it's of a, fear. It, it's a variety of reasons. What do you think? I think, oh, I mean, I think the reason boils down to the individual, you know, if I'm being, if I'm being completely honest, because I talk about a lot of this yeah. stuff on stage. Yeah, you do. And it's great. Oh, thank you. It's, it's, it's. People are either very much on board or very much want me to get off stage. There's re- not much middle ground with it, but I think it's a variety of things. I think some people, it's you know, you know, in the comedy world, I think it's saying you know everyone gets depressed. I think that is true. I think outside of the comedy world, it's not quite that black and white. Some people they get sad. Yes. But they don't understand that there's a difference between sadness and depression. You know, everyone has an emotional spectrum. So explain that. What's the difference between like sadness and the emotional, like, like the emotional, like explain the pervasive thoughts. So uh, how I explain the, the difference between like sadness and depression is, you know, sadness is, you know, um, something happens and you're Mm -hmm. reacting to the, you know, sadness is. I, uh, this is how I categorize the difference. Sadness is a fair response, emotional response to something that's happening to you that's that's negative. Yes. Uh, depression is when you are, for chunks of your life, that feeling of sadness completely envelops the rest of the spectrum, and you can't experience any other feeling. Right. You can't, you you don't, you, you know, you, you can, you can, it's, it's one of those things where you, you know, where, okay, this should spark some sort of joy, but mm-hmm. there's like this, this, this layer of molasses that you can't actually feel it. Mm-hmm. Things start getting great. Like it's, it's different. It's different than sadness because it's, 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 it's similar, but it's, it's a complete coding over everything else. And it may not even be triggered by something, you know, is the difference between sadness and depression. Like I said, I, you know, and this is just what I'm considering it, you know, is sadness is you're reacting to something. Sometimes you're just depressed and there is, there is Mm -hmm. no real reason. And it's just a thing where you, you know, you're just kind of stuck in the mud. Right. And, you know, um, you know, when, when, when people, I think a lot of it has to go with the inability to, you know, and you start bottling more things and that just weighs you more and more down. Cause you start, I think it's a cycle where you can't express what's going on. I think the depression shuts down your ability to express yourself fully in an yes. emotional way. Yes. And so instead of expressing those feelings, they just kind of keep getting stuck into you and they start churning into something 
uh, you know, into bursts of anger, mm-hmm. into bursts of, I, I think a lot of people get very angry because they don't know what else to do with their depression, <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's the most, because I think anger is the most animalistic core emotion that we can experience as a human being. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's, it's anger is the, is the most caveman feeling we can have. Well, and it, because it activates serotonin and dopamine, it activates things Absolutely. in your brain. And so it's sort of like, it's sort of like taking a little hit of meth on the inside. Right. So it's a little easier to like, it's a little easier. I definitely, like in my in my sort of recovery, the how I knew I needed to get clean was I started having persistent suicidal thoughts. Right. And in my recovery, when things have gotten really dark and I needed to get help, I would start to have and they they creep in like, you know, if I was walking across the street and a bus hit me, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I could, I could, I could, I could yeah. deal with that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it starts there. Right. And then I, I was taught by people in my life to like, really, there was like a, a strong system of both Catholic and, um, and Midwestern shame. It's like, no, life is suffering. Don't, you know, it's right. selfish to, to think that way. It's teaching you to be depressed. It's teaching you, yeah, exactly. Like, no, this is, have you seen Wisconsin? You just have to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, or Ohio is where my stepmom's from. And so, so there is like throughout that journey, those, those sort of, and for me, what it is, is I, I have, um, when the anxiety gets real bad, I have low crashes. And so it's just like, it's the, it's the dip end of the anxiety right, cycle. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's, it's not, I don't want to say just, it's just, it's, it, it's a it generalized anxiety disorder has a bottom out. And so it's yeah. the bottom outs that kick my ass. Right. And That's when you, your peak depression is ex- the crash from the anxiety. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so if you treat the anxiety, then the depression stops. Right. So the, um, so I think it is, where was I going with that? I think just like, um, that, that whole thing of like, you know, you, you're not, it's more, it's more persistent. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it, not. It, it is. It's also, I think another thing I, I want to clarify, I don't know if you'd agree with this or not. I don't think you can be incredibly depressed and not necessarily feel sad. Yes. That's, like that's dysthymia. What, what is it? Uh, dysthymia is sort of, um, uh, a person, uh, a loved one in my life has it. It's clinical. His his therapist described it as the clinical experience of meh. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I didn't know that had an actual <laughs> definition. Yeah. Yeah. It's the clinical. It's clinically. It's it's sort of like, um, it's sort of like you expect you pick up fudge, you expect to taste fudge, and all you get is oatmeal. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, 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 and that's, I mean, that's a lot of, a lot of, uh, I think a lot of depression is like, you know, it's not just, it's not just sadness is, you know, colors become more bland, tastes become more bland, you know, life experiences become more bland, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and there, there's feelings of disconnect, um, mm. and all of this varies depending on, you know, each person's experience with the depression is, is different. You yeah. know, there's, you know, no one's is going to be exactly the same. And even, even my real bad depression episodes, they differ slightly, uh, to a lot, each one too. So, you know, nothing I'm saying is, 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 is blanketed, but it's more, it, it almost feels like when you come out of it, it, it feels more like 
uh, you're coming out of a dream, then you're changing an emotion, if that makes sense. Yeah, like waking up and feeling sunshine for the first time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's It feels more like the, the season's changing than a feeling is changing, because it's not... Yeah. I really, you know, I don't think, you know, we... I think a lot of people, you know, uh, uh, you know, people, of course, correlate mental health with emotions. Mm-hmm. But I think they're, I think w- what a lot of people do, especially people who don't experience a lot of mental health yeah. issues, is they connect. They they almost think that they're the same thing. Yeah. But the depression, the anxiety, the the whatever it is, it's separate. And then it changes your, that's almost its own thing. And then I feel like the cards you can deal with emotionally are different because you're going through that. I don't think it's Mm -hmm. the actual emotion. I think it's your brain's ability in those moments, whether it be a couple months to years to your entire life, it's your, your brain's ability to process in, in, uh, uh, you know, um, express yeah those emotions in those states it it itself is not an emotion you can smile and be happy and laugh and be mad and and fuck and and and, and dream and all that stuff while depressed yes. and a lot of depressed people that's all they show you you don't really know it's not a visible thing most of the time you know uh very few people hit a level where it is, you can just see it off of them, yeah. You know, uh, so it's not it's not just you're happy or sad. It's 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 an it's it's just as much spiritual health as mental in a way, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, could I have given a longer answer with no real answer? No. Oh my god, you're a delight. You're so intelligent and you're so articulate. There are so many moments. Um, this is very. I'm. You're gonna laugh at me for this, but. Um, uh, Oprah calls them tweetable moments. She'll be like, stop, pause. <laughs> that is a tweetable you're moment. You're right. I am, I am laughing about this. <laughs> yes, it's fully funny. Um, but like you're you're definitely articulating, you're giving it, you're giving, you're painting the full picture as opposed to just saying like, this is either the clinical definition and or this is the um, this is the the street definition. You know, it's like who isn't Maria Bamford has a joke about that. Who isn't sad? Right. Who isn't? Oh, we're all anxious, and right. it's like no, my body thinks there's a tiger in the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've elbowed people in the face because they've touched my back, and I didn't know who they were. That's that's <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, when I was doing martial arts, if anyone, one of the rules is like, if we're doing a defense about grabbing my hair, you need to talk to me. Yeah. We need to talk. I need to let you know that, like, I really don't like my hair pulled. Yeah. Like, no, absolutely. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Like, and and it is true. And, like, you know, uh, if you're listening to this, you've never had any, you know, depression or anything like that. (laughs) I don't think any of our listeners have not experienced (laughs) it. very Still. shocked because this is such a big feels podcast It'd i want to so clarify shocked. don't feel left out <laughs> there's only one i was at when i originally asked it was so funny because i thought because we had a fun incident last night where we were all standing around comics like to stand around and kind of like shoot the shit if you're a 12-step person it's exactly the same as like going out after the meeting and a bunch of like 
old guys are sitting around like, you know, playing the dozens or whatever. It's like, we're all just talking shit. And uh, there was a moment where we challenged Connor McSpadden to compliment somebody because yep. he he criticized a compliment. He was like, I don't like these compliments. And we were like, well, you have the and, floor, and sir. And I will say, I will say in his defense, he kind of started the compliment train. He did. He was trying to be nice. Yeah, he got he. The love got too uncomfortable for yes, him. Yes, I could see he was like actively practicing social skills, which yeah. was like delightful. <laughs> and so, like he, because he was around a lot of women that he knows. Like we all have like varying degrees of like sensitivity, and like he's right, aware. Right. So it was just very funny because he like super fumbled the compliment. He got uncomfortable with it. We let him sit in it. We bust his balls for that. It yeah. was like very fun. So afterwards, I was just like walking, and I was like, hey do you want to do my podcast? And he was like, no, <laughs> he was like, I'd be a very bad interview. I don't like when people ask, ask me questions. There is a lost episode of this podcast called it was uh, Jeremiah Watkins. Oh, really? And you know how Jeremiah is never, ever, ever mad. Yeah. He did not care for this experience. Oh, really? He did not care for it. Really? Bless his soul. I love him to death. Oh, he, did, he got, he got, he got mad. He was active. He was agitated for sure. Really? Did yeah. you think it was like a riff cast? I don't know. It can't be a riff cast. Sometimes we riff, you know, yeah. sometimes we get in there. You I'm, know. Riff, I'm riffing about feelings. We're riffing. Yeah. It's a feeling riff cast. Yeah. It's a big. It's yeah. Feeling. Feel, feel, feel riffs. Yeah. yeah, feel, What? Real. Real cast. It's real, a real. <laughs> a real feel. Real feel yeah, riff cast. Yeah. 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 I love it. Somewhere right now, Pete Holmes is coming. Just said that. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's just like, like People oh. combined words. Ooh, alliteration. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is having a time. But with that, with that in mind, like your story, I'm very aware of your story. I'm very aware of like your because they are so I know it kind of creeps you out because I can like repeat your jokes because they're so because I don't remember most of my jokes. <laughs> Neither do I. I have like I was when you were in Stuart were talking about uh, before we started recording. You guys were talking about acting, and I have the I have the short term memory of a goldfish. Like right. I really don't do well. Like I'm very scared to cold read. I'm very scared. Like I'm very scared. Yeah. Like auditions freak me out because yeah. I'm like I gotta remember a thing. I'm very like repetitive. Is repetition is my my jam. Right. Um. So like, uh, where is it going with that? Um. Memory can't remember. It's see, there we go. We're talking about short term memory. Short term memory. You were talking, were talking about, about oh jokes. Jokes. Yeah, your jokes are so unique, and your so, what it, the I can I remember things best that are stories uh-huh and your jokes are these beautiful lovely stories about things that about environments about, I've about yeah things people think i'm making up <laughs> well i've worked in those environments right I, so you know i'm not making them I up know, or, yeah. i know you're not making them up like yeah. i love also uh, you just you're working on a joke about the spoons also yeah, yeah. there's a song called spoon man have you heard it no listen to by? it it's by soundgarden it's a 90s song it would be I, a sweet reference you know what's funny one of the times in the psych ward it's always that's my band camp by the way one time it's one time <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh yeah no and, and we hit a certain level uh like because they had in the adolescent yeah. ones they have the levels so yes. like if you're good for you you hit level two if you're uh -huh. good for it's only for long-term mm -hmm. patients community and, model yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then i i hit i hit level three and so i got control of the radio when we had rec time <gasps> which was you know three hours a week but we got to go outside in like a cement fucking thing this like sounds, a cement tube for three you know <laughs> sounds like prison 
Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it sounds it's, like walking the yard. It's it's funny because uh, I've had I've had people who've been in both jail and psych wards. Yes, and it's about fifty fifty on what they prefer. I've had some go, "Oh, jail's so much worse, hands down, no contest." I've had people go. There was one guy I remember specifically where he first got there. He was like, I was in jail for three weeks. This is going to be fucking piece of cake. Right. And day two, he's like, they fuck with your aspect of time. There's no consistency. I have yeah. no idea what's going on. There's no clocks. There's no nothing. There's nothing to do. Like, he's screaming, take me back to jail. And so yeah. I think it just depends on your brain. Uh, I think, in ge- you know, in general, the jail is definitely... You know, uh, less safe. Yeah, you know, that's that's the one thing is there is there, but it's a place run on routine. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it was that that was his biggest thing is like I know what happens every day. Yeah, every day I do this from then to then. Then I eat. Then I go here. Then I'm in my cell. Then I'm, and it's uh and uh and I don't have to talk about my feelings to anybody. You know, so it's probably it's probably I don't I don't know. I've never been to jail, so I really I really don't know. I only I've been to jail once. I was arrested. We, my mother and I got in a domestic dispute, uh-huh. and I was arrested. And uh, my experience of it was just uh, sleeping mostly, and um, uh, the worst tasting sandwich I had ever had in my life. Right. Um, and convincing them that I did not have lice. <laughs> That's a very important thing. You're you're uh, the the uh, uh, guards or the cellmates. The guards because okay. they attempt to wash your hair in this. Um, it's very you you're stripped naked. You have to do like it's very. I mean, incur- like being jailed in any way. I can only imagine. It's just very dehumanizing, and you have to do like you're strip searched. You're this. You're that. You know. Right. You have to squat and cough and the whole thing, but naked in a room of people. And, um, one of the, the, the funnest parts is, um, I quickly realized there was this shampoo. This is how you tell them a brown lady. There was this shampoo that they, they looked at my scalp and they said, you have little white flakes. And I said, well, I have dandruff. And they said, well, it's, we have to make sure you don't have lice. So they hand me this bucket of green. Like it looked like, flea shampoo and uh-huh. it smelled like flea shampoo and i was like i can't i was like ma'am i have dandruff please don't that i please don't make me wash my hair in that please don't make me do it. and she i plead it was i don't know why at 17 that was like my big sticking point but i was like please it was don't make me wash my thing. hair you're like let me control this one thing exactly please i don't want my hair to fall out that's what i kept telling her i was like i feel like that's gonna make my hair fall out please don't yeah. you know anyway anyway so I say all that to say, you have a fascinating story. You've been um, you've been hospitalized how many times? I actually don't know. You can't remember. You lost I've, count around eleven, I, right? I lost count. Yeah, it's. I know it's at least twelve, and okay. I know it's no more than sixteen. Okay. I know it was eight before I turned eighteen. Okay, and when did this start? Uh, when I was fourteen. When did you surrender? Because at first, I've, when I've worked in those environments, there's some people that don't really accept that they belong there. You know right. these folks. Yes. The, 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 I don't belong. This is a mistake. And it's like, okay. But you, you're having auditory hallucinations, so we should... Yeah, we should talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, when did you first surrender to like 
just acceptance of the fact that you had something going on? Uh, I mean, that's that's such an interesting, interesting question. The first time I went in to a psych ward, it was we just went in. We I had low key several suicide attempts, not okay. more more cry for helpy. Than the genuine, aspirins, the genuine attempt. Well, I mean, I had a genuine attempt with, with uh, where I took like three hundred aspirin, Oof. which was, I mean, that was enough to kill me if it if it was yeah. like you know, uh, but um, if I didn't get to the hospital in time and it hurt, it still fucks with my hearing. Sometimes I get ringing in my ears. Yeah, uh, but uh, they were they were they were you know it was just a bottle just like a small bottle of fucking whatever ibuprofen you know whatever yeah. it was and and hydrogen peroxide for some reason I, <laughs> that's not good for you it's not good for me you know no <laughs> none of the th- welcome to the chronicles of not good for you uh, <laughs> You did just shoot a sketch for Mean Boys called Big Chopped. Big Chopped, yeah. Uh, people, I love one of the one of the beautiful dichotomies about you is people send you like you've had this very rough and tumble, you know what some people find hard to digest. I don't want to judge it. I don't want to call it scary. I don't want to call it anything. No, it is scary. It's, it's fine. It scares people. A scary thing. And then also you it's have scary for people who are even familiar with it most of the time. Well, was, the fun part is like folks have like. Um, they they have like a like a, a, a like they also send you um, weaponry. Yeah, <laughs> like it's medieval hilarious. weapons, yeah. like a broadsword. I have a broadsword. <laughs> I have a uh, cavalier saber. I yes. have uh, a taser, pepper spray. You have a taser. Yes, which I accidentally washed last night while I was watching. <laughs> have a taser anymore washing my sledgehammer i know because i was like when you wash a vape that thing is gone i was gonna tase a hamburger for a bit and then a taser (laughs) i turned it on it just went and i was like ah god damn it uh uh i have my favorite and this is the one that got my dad laughing super hard i have a ceremonial japanese suicide knife that's like a tonto about this big uh shorter than that uh so i'm describing about about a so about a foot yeah i'd say i'd say yeah it's about a, i'd say it's about a foot okay the seppuku knife mm-hmm. wow yeah it's a seppuku knife i shouldn't i don't know why you're fine enjoy i put them out it's it really good cheese is really good cheese it, and it's all vegetarian i got it at vaughn's all the people who are listening who don't know anna personally <laughs> you're fucking missing out <laughs> You need to meet some Anna's because she's yeah. always giving. She's giving me fancy coffee that I don't mm-hmm. understand out of machines. I don't know how they work. Mm-hmm. Cheeses that are like this they're pod- like grown up ass cheeses. Mm-hmm. They they like they. You can smell the cheese. I which that's a Stuart thing. He he turned me on to fancy cheeses. Data data bougie white guy. He will up your cheese game. That's like that's a whole thing. Probably the bougiest thing about me. I love a smelly cheese. Oh really? I love brie. Like I, the fact I can smell. I have a horrible sense of smell. Really? I can't smell anything. It's the one bougie food is I'll go fucking hog shit for cheese. I love a fancy you and cheese. Stewart should go like cheese tasting because there are like cheese shops here in L.A. There's nothing he enjoys more than cheese. It's literally his favorite thing in the world. 
That sounds amazing. I don't see a place where financially I'm like, I'm going to go cheese tasting. I imagine it can't be terribly expensive. I'll talk to Jared about it. I feel like Jared knows the market value of a cheese tasting. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I give it a... It's, like, it's probably the bougiest... Like, did you know what I've eaten today? I've eaten oatmeal. You've only eaten oatmeal? I ate a lot of oatmeal. Okay, well, I'm going to make you dinner but, after this. No, no I thought about making I'm, a pet casserole. I was like, we can time the podcast by the, the preparation and the no, completion had, of the I've casserole. Had, no, I've had, uh, like, I'm I'm very not bougie. I've had two bowls of oatmeal, big yes. bowls of oatmeal, mm-hmm. and a stock of raw broccoli, because I'm trying to be healthy. Yeah. And, like, you know, I even I season the shit or anything like that, but when it comes to cheese, there's just, something, <laughs> there's something just gen, yeah, I don't know what it is. Well, it's healthy fat. It's good for your brains. Right, right, right. It's good for your brains. There's no soy in that cheese. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's but uh. Anyway, you asked something. Oh, we were talking about sort of that and acceptance. Then you, cheese came up. Oh, acceptance. Yeah, the acceptance yeah, yeah. of your of where you're at and like where you know of the of of your mental health. Yeah. So it was it was uh uh it was actually it was it was pretty quick because. I mean, it was it was it was pretty bad, and then there was a while, you know, there was a definitely a period of time where I was like, "Ah, eh, this is this is you know, I'm sure everyone goes through something like this," and then it became very apparent from the conversations I was having with psych nurses. It wasn't even the doctors; it was more the nurses. Mm-hmm. I remember one nurse said, "Like, you're having a lot of very unique to adult problems as." Uh, uh, as a as a kid, and I was like, I don't, I don't know what, because I was also dealing with psychosis and shit way before most people start to experience it. Uh, I think yeah, usually onsets early twenties, yeah, usually mid, early onsets to mid around you know this you know <laughs> uh, around now to three years previous to now you know right. uh, um so that was you know that was uh and then for for women i think for women i i, I don't know this is, this is so weird i don't i always fuck up the pr- pronunciation of of what w- women and woman <laughs> yeah, i think you're getting it. okay yeah all right women I, I got, i've been i've been getting yelled at a lot the last 24 hours of that but really yeah. Who's yelling at you? A, a, an assortment of people. An uh, entire you, cheese plate. Women. Yeah. Women or yeah. woman? Wi- wi- I have to just women. Women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you can pronounce it like a drag queen and be like, she is a woman. You can yeah. get like real, real big. That'll with it. make me approachable to people. For sure. Just me talking how I usually talk. And then, uh, do you guys see all those women? <laughs> Anyway, sorry I broke into song for a second, but no one else picked up the cues, so High School Musical's over. Hey! Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, for for females, it's 18, and then for, for guys, it's older, I think, or maybe it's the other way around. Uh, but this was kicking up around 14, and then it was just more, it was more like just everyone's, everyone was freaking out at a certain point to the point where I was like, all right, well, something's wrong. Let's get help. And that happened pretty early. That was part of the frustration is that part I cop to early. And they're like, if you ask for help, we can help you. Okay. And they couldn't. They they did, you know, and I also want to clarify because like I come off very, sometimes I come off uh, more anti 
uh, mental health care than I, I mean to, because I'm very pro mental health care. Yeah, you've just had the full spectrum of experiences. I've had a lot of very you, horrible experiences, and mm-hmm. especially the health care that you get for depression, anxiety, very different than the kind of care you get during psychosis for my experiment. Yeah. Experience, you know. Um, the same way, you know, when, you know, you tell people, you know, you. If you tell people you're you're dealing with depression, you know, uh, some of them are going to be dicks about it. I feel mm-hmm. like, I mean, depends what kind of, you know, community you're in. Yeah. But, you know, you're going to get, mo- I feel like mo- more people than not, or maybe it's 50-50, or maybe I'm just wrong. More people are going to go, I deal with that too. Right. You know, uh, I want to hear you out, yada, yada. When, when you know, from my experience... You know, when you talk about being psychotic, especially if it's not drug induced, because mm. that's almost like that's almost like I've I've had people like, oh, what drugs were you on? Like, OK, well, what's what's the what's right. the, like they almost they want you to have be doing drugs at that point, both doctors mm-hmm. and real people. Cause it goes, OK, once it clears your system, you'll be fine. You just don't do drugs anymore. Right. But you go, oh, there's there the none. I've never even smoked pot. Mm hmm. And then they get this look on your on their face where it's just like you know, and these are the doctor like, ah, this one's fucked, you know. They're not. That's not what they're saying. Or that's kind of the look they have. They're like, ah, oh, geez, you know, this is uh, he's in for a rigmarole here, you know. Uh, and you know, so I I didn't I didn't really fight it much. Uh, I accept that issue. And I was like, yeah, I can't deal with this. Mm-hmm. Please help me. And it was, you know, there were some very nice do- doctors or some very nice nurses. There's a lot of real fucking bullshit things that happened that people did that, you know, people said that, you know, uh, you know, I've had nurses put hands on me when I was not being violent. You know, I was I was psychotic, but I was in no way a threat to anybody at that point, you know, uh, you know, and that's it was it was pretty pretty it was it was pretty fucking bizarre and that you know that's weird because you're asking about acceptance i was like i accepted this you guys said you guys were going to help me you guys said this was going to be okay and you guys were full of shit and weirdly Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially because teenagers are very black and white it's either like if they're either all in or they're all out and it's there's the betrayal feeling to a teenager is very very heightened and so when you're having these experiences where you're when your trust is broken about your safety or about your ability to receive help in that sort of teenage haze that's a very big it, it it heightens everything that much more yeah yeah and i also just like you know uh that's one thing I've realized about being, you know, uh, when when you're psychotic, when you're not all all there, mm-hmm. the people around you know that. I genuinely don't think they thought they would remember that they thought that I would remember the things that were said. Mm. I don't think they realized that. I, I mean, I was completely cognizant. It's not. In a very fewer people experience psychosis than than you know depression. Some people, a lot of people, experience both. If you've never 
been psychotic. I know you used to, used to, to do. I'm guessing that this is yeah. public on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, obviously. Yeah. yeah. yeah I've yeah. done a. I've done a lot of like uh, hallucinogens specifically. Uh-huh. Um, I acid, mushrooms, that kind of thing, and um, so hallucinations. I, I tend to have more um physical sure, hallucinations sure, sure. than auditory or visual. I, t- I yeah. would have these like, like, you know, hands crawling up my body kind of feelings and stuff. Right. Um, but yes, that's, I, I do know what it's like to hallucinate. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's uh, so it wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's uh, so the, the, you know, um, the, 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 what I, what's something I want to clarify about psychosis. It's not, and even just like like a lot of people, because I was misdiagnosed with schizo- schizophrenia. Yes. Yeah, a lot of people get that mixed up with multiple personality disorder, and a lot of people don't they don't really understand. You know, they they saw Fight Club and they think that's what that is, and that's also inaccurate. And I don't right. want to speak about multiple personality disorder, right? Which is not even what it's called anymore because it gave it such a misguided representation to what it actually was. I have a friend with it. It's called. What is it called? It's called um, dissociative shit. Oh, dissociative disorder. Dissociative disorder, or something, yeah. something like that. Right. Ooh. Yeah. Dissociative. Yeah. 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 I think there's another word in there, but it's yeah. At one point, I think it was just dissociative disorder. Yeah. Oh, that just fluttered a bunch of memories. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Um, when you're psych- when you're psychotic, it's not it's not that like, I'm Frank and I'm Bill or whatever. Yeah, that's not how it works. I'm still I'm still me. Yes, but everything around me is de- the. And this is all. This isn't the 100 percent best way to explain it. It's like if every single thing you know, if in movies the director aligns every single little thing to represent something. Everything is a color for a reason. Everything is placed a certain place for a reason. Mm-hmm. Directors make those choices. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's kind of like, it's it's kind of that mentality. Everything has a meaning. And there's a reason, there's a reason that the cheese is this way and not all three that way. Oh. And they're all, there's, there's something behind the bike on the wall. There's a, bu- everything has a hidden message and hidden meaning. Okay. Could be positive or negative, but nothing just is. Okay. Nothing is unrelated to you. And this is a very, there are different types of psychosis, but this is, right. This is the best way to explain the kind of mind state that it, it put me in. So you're constantly looking for, okay, why, why is, why is there wax near the top of that candle? How would wax get to that point? Right. What does that symbolize? It's it's it it has it looks similar to blood. I'm gonna there's gonna be a murder here at some point. Okay, and then you're looking for all right. What's the next sign? Red tea kettle. That also is. So you're just like stuck in a season of True Detective. Basically, yeah, yeah. Even though it's completely there's no crime most of the time. (laughs) Yeah, and eventually that that and I'm just kind of explaining you know what happened to me, and I don't want to speak for anybody who's not. Yeah, you you know I mean because I'm sure there are other people who've experienced this differently. Because one of your experiences is that you were um, a can I talk about that the time travel thing like your your you your your brain took you to a place where you were time traveling to stop son of sam uh Z- zodiac killer zodiac killer 
Yeah. Zodiac. So what? Look what, out, Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What is his affiliation with the Zodiac? They they say that he is the Zodiac oh, killer. That's, that's the, the internet rumor yes. that he's actually the Zodiac killer. He's too fat. Uh, he's well, and also he's like tweeted. Now it's a joke. Now he's owned it. He he'll like tweet stuff. He, he made he memed himself that's pretty funny yeah so yeah. he leaned into it yeah he's one of the evil ones right What's extra evil yeah, like yeah. real evil he's a religious freak right yeah texas yeah, evil yeah, yeah, yeah. beat beto not not great right yeah the religious <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 okay that's what yeah. i thought it was yeah so what and then what that what that stemmed from because i thought so what what it was is I thought I was a 1970s Zodiac killer. By the way, I'm 25 right now. Uh, so I thought yeah. how that was going to work is when I turned 26, I don't know why I picked that number. Okay. I was going to start traveling back in time and committing the murders and then move fat, back forward in time to finish finish the the murders. And the, the, the how basically... The best way I can articulate I got to that mindset is there's the same way I was talking about the the depression kind of encapsulating you. Yeah. I was feeling a lot of emotions that now being, uh, you know, I'm not in the same mindset as I am now. Yeah. Looking back on the feelings I was having, you know, butterflies can see colors that people can't see. No, really? They can see colors that to us come off as, I think, the purple or stuff, but they Whoa. have, you can see colors that human beings can't see, or at least that's a rumor I heard. I was feeling emotions that most human, uh, most people don't feel. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. You know, the same way, like, uh, you know, uh, like there's emotion when you're withdrawing from drugs. Yes. I'm guessing there's an emotion there that goes beyond what you could explain to a person who's never withdrawn before. Yeah. Not just the physical part, but the emotional part. Yeah. That's sort of like the nether space between like agitation, anxiety, fear, uh, depression. It's like this very weird feeling. Right. Um, uh, sort of like, uh, like a sound's always buzzing in the back of your head. Right. Yeah. Right. So and, you, and your brain with just like in any mental illness situation, your brain says, this is forever. Yeah. This is forever. Yeah. That's the biggest, yeah. that's the biggest thing to remind yourself. Yeah. It's not, it's all temporary, all yeah. temporary conditions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, they didn't say, they told me this one wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you locked in. Yeah, it was like, this right. is forever. If, right. You know, but. So uh, you were in that like weird kind of. So, so it wasn't that, but it was, it was, it was, it was cycling through different emotions that there's a lot of information here. I'm sorry. No, this I is, love this. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. what this podcast is for. Right. This right, is what right. this podcast is for. We're doing it. Right. You don't have to apologize. <laughs> Eat some cheese, have some get some protein in you. Yeah, we got yeah, you. Talk about murders in the seventies that I snack on on soy free cheese and popcorn. Uh right. well people I think people specifically we're in this weird cultural moment where people are very obsessed with true crime again. Yeah, it's upsetting to me. If I'm being honest, yeah. it's, it's like, well, and it's not, it's not there and I can get more of that another time. It's not there. It's not their fault, but it's like looking at like it's, and it's, I get it. There's a, there's a, there's a Neanderthal part of our brain that wants to solve things. There's yes. then investigate. And I, I understand that. Yes. I hate, there is this level of, we hype up and give all the attention to the murderers. Yes. 
but you know, uh, I and I actually refuse whenever there's a mass shooting. I try to avoid the shooter's name because I feel uh. like it's. I intentionally do that because I feel not that it's hard for me to not remember yeah. something, but I think it's weird that you know one I did unsuccessfully is I know Dylan Roof's name. I don't know one of the victims' names, oh. and that upsets me. Is he the? Which one is he? Parkland or? Uh, I think he Columbine? was. No, I think he was the uh, the church guy. Oh, for the love of Pete. The fact that we just had to go, wait, was he the... What I do... That's why, shout out to last podcast on the left. I feel like I'm going to chaos magic them into <laughs> this living room one day. Um, that what their, their goal is to... Um, take the piss out of the serial killer and to talk to them, talk about them like they're a joke and yeah, to, yeah. to never go after the victims, to never, to always be kind and respectful to everybody in the story, except for the bag of dicks that did the thing. Right. Right. Which I, I enjoy that. It's yeah, like, if you're going to yeah. do true crime, do it with the right intent. Like, right. Right. And there's also, there's, you know, there's a, uh, you know, I listen, I listen to, to serial because it's more about, uh, it's not about the actual crime as much as the criminal justice system. Yeah, that's you know that's a kind of true crime I can I can get get behind behind. Yeah. But to me, I'm I just start like it gets it, when it's presented a certain way. Any show with the reenactment of a murder <laughs> when they're talking, I think I think I think uh, all the producers should be fucking sent to jail. <laughs> like I think I think I think they are uh, they are promoting. They are uh they are uh uh they are commercializing yes horror branding yeah, yeah. they are they are they they are you you are murder's marketing team oh and i fucking hate you for it <laughs> oh. i genuinely hate anyone who's produced any of those shows uh and i'm speaking now i'm speaking too emotionally <laughs> no i love it no i love it, it. And, and too honestly where i'm gonna look back and be like i'm coming across don't nope you're not i i will say like full full admission where, where that comes from in my family like the first year my dad um my dad died around thanksgiving and so the set the first year that we were approaching Approaching Thanksgiving, we decided we were not going to do like a turkey. So we did a nacho, build your own nacho bar. And we sat in our pajamas and we watched what felt like 20 hours of investigation discovery. Right. And where I, where that comes from for me, the part of my brain in my family, the, the, what it is, is that the grief and the pain of life on life's terms is so horrible right. that it's sort of like, it's, it's sort of like you want to look at something else that is, it, it's almost r- relatable, but also right. so far outside that you're sure. just like, you look in on it. Sure. It's like, sure. A, it's like the show hoarders. Like, do, do you remember that show? Yeah, I do. I do. When yeah. you would watch that and you would just be like, you know, it's that, yeah. it's the, it's that voice. It's the slowing down for the car crash. Right. Not necessarily the most healthy instinct. And I, I fully, I fully agree with you. And I also I fully agree with you. I already, I already want to apologize for how hostile I just came you off. You did not come on. No, I fully, uh, no, if say, Alex were here right now, <laughs> Alex is the bro hostile energy of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, cause like, you need to tone it down. Well, for me, it's also like, it's not, I don't, I don't, you're fine. It's not that you're not coming off hostile yeah, at all. Yeah, if you're really if not. you produce one of those shows, it's not like I hate you with all of my soul. It'd be more like I'd love to talk to you about why you're choosing. 
you to hate do the, this. You hate the effect of it. I hate, you're not I hate the, wrong. You're I, bringing yeah, it in. Yeah. Like, I'm taking it in and being like, oh, man. Like, but in a yeah. good way, you know? And there's there's also, like, there's nothing. And also, I don't want to shame anyone for being interested in no. crime because it's also... It is interesting and it's important to study and it's important to know what's mm-hmm. going on. It's important to know things so that you can yes. protect yourself. You're seeing the warning signs. In right. These, so all those are good things. But I don't think the fact that Ted Bundy has another documentary and that makes me viciously angry. Like I was now, now you're going to see me get real. No, I, I, you're totally right I, about the I was Ted Bundy one. Shaking with anger mm-hmm. with all the people we're talking. Did you watch about. any of it? I refuse to. Um, I I put documentaries on while I'm working, so it's I'm answering calls from like moms and kids, and in the background there's some like docu series happening. That usually something terrible is happening in the background. Um, they really make him sensational, and like they make that's why people were kind of saying like oh that's they 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 made him salacious in the way that he was in the 70s where people were like ooh he is so sexy and it wasn't that's you shouldn't you shouldn't he was a yeah. weird he he was a problem he was a weird human with bad social skills and excellent social skills he was great at politics he was a lizard person he wasn't like a regular yeah, human yeah no he was he was a he was a sociopath and yeah. there's a lot of sociopaths that um you know do as much damage as, you know some yeah. sociopaths are you know they're white collar and some so or or psychopaths right. are uh, are you know they're pretty you know, they're psychopaths with a family and they fucking, they just get away with everything and you'll never know, you know, and they, but they don't, their harm is almost going to never be known or uh, because it, the people who would be hurt by it never find out. There's also people who, you know, there's the Ted Bundy and like for me, it's like, okay, I, it is very personal to me because I thought I was the Zodiac killer, and my response to that was trying to kill myself a bunch of times. Yeah, you know, um, and speaking openly about it, and then getting, you know, it making people uncomfortable, it making people uh, not want to be around me or speak to me differently than they did before they knew that, or treating me differently before they knew that whatever it is and then i see actual murderers get weird like he's pretty hot i'm like what the fuck is going on <laughs> don't be a try what is what is going on i don't have that i don't have that gene that women get there are some women and men that have this like um attraction to bad or evil yeah and that, that was the, i don't have that right i well, never have i'm like attracted to like stability <laughs> i'm like i'm attracted to a fine cheese and a cuddle on the couch everyone everyone in this apartment right now agrees it's all about the cheese it's all about the cheese agree about the cheese agree the cheese yeah it's it's very um but I, I, we agree with the cheese and avoid the noid. You have to stay away. <laughs> you have to stay away that from was, those kind of people. But there are women who are just like, I love him. He's dangerous. I'm like, yeah. well, that was, you know what? And this is, this is a, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm speaking honestly about yeah. this stuff. And some of this stuff people are gonna find 
They're, you're gonna dis or yeah what whatever if you I, got it no shame to your game but like think look think explore it please yeah no <laughs> Be it's curious this, this about all, it <laughs> this is all, I'm, I'm being i'm being like i'm yeah. being very honest on here i'm not mm-hmm. saying this for shock value this yeah. is all I'm, I'm this isn't mean boys where i'm saying what is the most offensive riff i can <laughs> what's what's the most hurtful way to <laughs> to the latino community to call keith fat how do i <laughs> You know, but we called them two tortas stacked on top of each other. Um, <laughs> but I, there was when I was when I was so I was I was fourteen. I was I was close to fifteen when I started trying to kill myself because I thought I was a Zodiac killer. And the, the the second time in the psych ward, I'm in there, and this this is also another example of how bad mental health care is because I was also this the first one was a horrible hospital. This right. was a very well known adolescent youth psychiatric hospital i was in the second time it wasn't i I was the first one was pretty much a jail with some finger paintings on the wall you know right like a county place it was it was real bad Mm -hmm. this one i got to go to a nice one you know uh and i went three days my 72 hour hold was up it was up but i just because of when i got there they were gonna wait till the next day to release me yeah we're gonna release in the morning I hadn't told anyone why I wanted to kill myself. I was able to dodge the question really? for three days without anyone really, really knowing. So I was I was 12 hours away from getting out of that hospital and immediately, you know, I was going to I was going to gut myself because I didn't want to fuck it, which was the thing. I, <laughs> thankfully, I never. That's a whole nother story. It's a good thing you didn't have that seppuku knife into that. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing I have it now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, my new roommate so it was like, is it because it's in a wood sheath? He goes, yeah. Is that a dildo? And then I go, no. Suicide knife. And he just goes, oh, dude, that gives me real bad Elliot Smith juju. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, well, we'll just we'll just put that pack that out, out there that if if ever I, I get a text that says got to come and collect the sharps. I'll <laughs> I, I'll do it. I'll count all the sharp things and then we'll we'll take them out of the house yeah. and you can come get them. Later. <laughs> there's 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 plenty. Uh <laughs> There's there's so many you'd go there's more and that's you know, <laughs> A wheelbarrow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my roommates live with them, and they were going, "Jesus Christ, I forgot about that one last night." But I, back to what I was, I was gonna, I was gonna a say pile of before weapons. I, yeah. Oh, it was a hilarious pile. But like, so what? What at the end of the three days, it came out. By this time, I was friends with everybody. Yeah. We all had nicknames for mm-hmm. each other. It was mostly, you know. Uh, and there was a girl who was into me, and I, I, I told her, I was like, I'm not." gonna date anybody i i i need to kill myself because i'm the zodiac killer right well thing is like i'm i'm fine with you being the zodiac killer i'll date the zodiac like i yeah i don't wow yeah and i was like oh i don't trust i don't trust anybody i already don't trust men i don't trust women either (laughs) (laughs) i don't trust fucking anybody like that's why would you say that to me i don't want to you know uh next time just say hey you're you're not (laughs) Right, you know, uh, <laughs> right. Be curious about it. Like, yeah, hmm, yeah. Why, like, why do you think yeah, that? This is, this, is, this is a danger thing. You should not be near. Which you know, I was never. I also want to clarify. I always sometimes I forget to clarify. I've never in a state of psychosis ever, ever, ever hurt anybody no. but myself. 
No. Done a lot of damage to me, but I've never hurt anybody else. I've been in some, when, while not psychotic, I've, psychotic, I've been in fist fights. All the fist fights, both people knew there was a fist fight happening. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know. Right. But the only time I've not, seen uh, yeah. you become aggressive or violent towards other people, places, or things is usually in a protective scenario. Yeah, I get. I, you're I'm very protective, protective of, of people, especially yeah. of women. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're very protective. I got, I got sisters, and I yeah. Don't, yeah, yeah. No, I don't, I don't. You know, uh, uh, and I've never seen you really. I know that you've been in a fight outside an anchor bar. You've had a lot of con- yeah, <laughs> concussions. Yeah, I've been in a lot of fights. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I've I've never I've seen you like you've stepped up you step you and Keith stepped in when uh, a Booker was being aggressive with me at the comedy store. Yeah, not no, the that. Booker. They was, no, it not, was yeah, not bringer the... show guy named Big Mike. Um, yeah. he was being really aggressive and weird with me, and you guys stepped in and um, and I'm so grateful for that. You know, yeah, you have a course. strong you have a strong protective instinct in your heart. Yeah, I also, and here's a big advantage. I don't mind getting hit. (laughs) (laughs) Neither do I. I understand. Right, right. So it's just like, you know, in general, when I see someone's like in danger, it's just like, I don't care if that's me. (laughs) Right. You know, uh, but yeah, no, I always want to clarify that I've I've never, you know. Yeah. It's not, I've never been. uh, You're safe to others, sometimes not yourself. Most, yeah. Yeah. It's never, yeah. It's yeah. never, I've been 51 50'd and 52 50'd 52 times. What's 52 50? That's when they go straight to uh, a 14 day hold. Okay. Yeah. I have a friend who was 52 50. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. sometimes, sometimes they go, they go, okay, these are your issues. We're going straight to the big one. Mm hmm. And other times they start with the fifty-one fifty. Mm-hmm. They go, okay, we're gonna need you to stick around longer. Yeah, in and Calif- you go, well, I'm gonna leave because it holds up. Then mm-hmm. you go, that's cool. Uh, fifty-two fifty. I think you can fifty-one fifty. I could be wrong about this. Yeah, it could have changed. I could just be wrong, but I think you can fifty-one fifty someone twice in a row. Yeah. And then you have to go to a fifty-two fifty, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah, it's a California. Uh, I think it's like a legal de- definition of like a psychiatric hold. So it's yeah. it's when they can it's, legally put you somewhere where you, they can lock you in. Yeah, yeah. it's a seventy-two hour hold, and then fifty-two fifty is mm-hmm. a fourteen day hold. Yeah, and you can get. I'm pretty sure you can get. I'm pretty sure I've gotten more than one of those holds in a row, but typically what I do, because I'm real good at waiting it out, and I'm just, I'm aware that if I go, no, I'm going to leave, they're just going to put another one on me. So typically I just go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll just go voluntary. Yeah. And then, because if I could, you know, basically, like, unless you say you did, then what they do is at the end of the 14 day hold, they go, so. Are you gonna leave tomorrow? And I go, well, the hold's up. So would you guys allow me? And they go, if you try to check out, we'll put another. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> yeah, it's like plea bargaining for a crime. Yeah, it's like, yeah, if you do that, we'll just, you know, which is just so funny because it's like you don't. It, that's not a criminal situation. You know what I mean? It's a right. It's, but a, it's you need help situation. Right. But it does feel so criminalized it did yeah i can a lot of the time yeah especially you know especially when and i get it more when you know you're a 
a danger to others. But even then, you know, it's I don't I don't know in their head. You know, they hear the zodiac. I don't I don't know if in their head I fit in both categories or just danger to myself. I really don't know. Yeah, because they don't really listen. <laughs> That's that's yeah. really that's not a strength of of uh, you know uh, me- mental hospitals are 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 not they're not they're not here's here's where I think mental hospitals are great because okay. I want to I I tend to talk a lot of shit about these things yeah and I also want to be clear they have their purpose and they're good at their purpose yeah their purpose is to make sure that you won't die. Well, you're in a critical condition of mental health. They will keep you alive. They will make sure you can't hurt yourself. They will get you on some emergency meds so you can go back into the actual world, uh, you know, not a danger to yourself and get the help you need. Right. That's what it's, that's what it's great for. They will keep you from dying. Mm-hmm. That's a hospital's function if you really think about mm-hmm. it. They will help you to the point where they will keep you <laughs> from being dead. But when you're released, you're still going to be sick. You're still going to need help. You're still all those things. There isn't much. Uh, there, after you're at that point, they've achieved. They've gotten. They've achieved their thing. Yeah. You know, when people, I've had so many people go in like, "What if they keep me forever?" I'm like, "All you have to do is not want to die in 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 three days, and they'll let you out." I know that, and I'm, I know I'm, I'm sounding, I'm sounding almost calloused and unsympathetic, but it's, it was not your first rodeo. So yeah, most of the time you would deal with people who were, it was their first rodeo and they were like, yeah. And then I would talk to them and explain what was happening because the nurses wouldn't, (laughs) or they'd give their coded, here's, here's the skinny, the, the undirect shit. And I'd be very upfront like. Look, it's, it's, if you're feeling better in two days, they'll let you out day three. Odds are they'll keep you an extra day. They're gonna make you think you're gonna stay. You're gonna leave on one day, and then they're gonna not. And they're all they're doing there is they're testing to see if you can react emotionally uh, or react unemotionally, not freak out. If you freak out, they'll probably add two more days. Wow. Uh, uh, after that, they'll 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 see if you you, you drop the act, yada yada. And so if you on day three, if they if when they, they pull the rug out from under you and you freak out, you'll probably be here another three days. Like I would break down to them. I knew when people would be released, it also depend on the hospital, you know, yeah. different doctors have different but there's several hospitals. As soon as they'd walk in, I'd be like, Yeah, this is what's gonna happen. Right. Just all just you're here, just accept that you're here. Right. I can wait out in a mental hospital better than anybody I've ever met. Right, because one, I know all the, I, I know that I think they've pulled out everything on the playbook mm-hmm. on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had to invent new plays for me <laughs> uh, in the adolescent ward because I also was not. It was so odd to have, like I was, I was weirdly viewed by some doctor nurses because I was so young with these issues. That I was like some like weird like it was like I was a rare Pokemon. They were like, "Whoa!" You like they couldn't. Yeah, I have a friend who's a very talented clinician, and she, um, yes, rare Pokemon is a right way to describe it. She's curious, and that's honestly those are the type of people that you want working with you because they're like curious and they're not judgmental. They're like, "Hmm, 
Yeah. yeah. Tell me more about it. Like they get excited instead of afraid. They run toward, not run right. away. Right. And that's how, if you're working that kind of job, yeah. that's what you want. Yeah. But it also got like, like it, at a certain point it got exhausting for me because it was like, oh, I see a lot of curiosity, but you guys aren't helping. Yeah. You guys, you guys, you guys have told me so many things and none of them have been true. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. and it's not, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to say it's their fault. I mean, some people in some specific nurses and doctors, I will always have anger towards, mm. you know, uh, and probably, you know, I'm working. That's been over the last like yeah. uh, year, less than a year. I've been working on just kind of like for forgiving those, yeah. y- you know, yeah. uh, not even you know not for them and i believe this is you know i know it's mostly sober mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. not for them but for for, for yeah, me yeah you know yeah. uh for you know um what was one of the most like insane moments in that journey for you uh, what kind of insane <laughs> i mean like find one it can be funny insane. it could be like you know it can be because you have a lot of great guys you got to check out tom stand-up because he talks all about this on stage it's yeah. really interesting like what was kind of like one of the most like it can be a good insane, a bad insane, an interesting insane. Like what's but what was one moment where you were just like, whoa? <laughs> well, it was never whoa in the moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember. I remember one. Uh, one was like, um, an example is I was I was so I was in the hospital because I um, it was a different delusion. The most common was the zodiac, but this mm-hmm. one was that and this is like people talk about the possibility of this being real like the world was a simulation but mm-hmm. here's the hitch i knew it was a simulation because of that the beings controlling it were going to destroy it and the fbi was trying to hunt me down to get the information on the simulation you have like the best john wick style delusion <laughs> it's awesome like, which one which one is john wick john the, the, he kills his puppy and then he has they kill his puppy and he has to like it's always like a or bronson for example like you have these like action adventure sci-fi movie <laughs> like ideations it's fascinating it's yeah, always like yeah. it's always this is how you can tell you're a really good writer because the plot of these situations is strong like a John Grisham novel. Well, and that's part of that's part yeah. of the disease is you set up a scenario where it's there's a lot of circumstantial evidence where you go, well, if if it's not true, why why was that thing weird? Did you not see why that thing was why that why that stranger look at me that way? You saw right. that. And I'm unattaching it, but to a person who's like, I don't fucking know, but yada, yada, but also all the ways, you know, I was like, you know, the government, why why do you think the government's chasing? Like, because of the simulation. Like, well, wouldn't you notice the government? Like, if the government was good at what they did, I wouldn't know. They can listen to us on our phones. That was something I called while being psychotic before that news was public. Yeah, I that was a thing. I mm-hmm. refused to talk for three days. I would write on pen and paper and show it to where I was communicating to, and then I would burn the note because I was so paranoid that they were they were Whoa. trying to listen in on me. And if my parents are talking about 
whatever it was, my mental, whatever it was, I would, I would, I would get out of the conversation so that hopefully, you know, yeah. So I was in there, uh, uh, for, for that. And I remember, uh, uh, and so I was already, I was on meds in there. This is around, I think 16. And I, and I remember in my head, like they take, they think it's a, they think it's a delusion. They think I'm psychotic. They said the meds would help. I still feel this way. I still, I mean, in, in my head that time, I was like, it's mm-hmm. still happening. Right. This proves you wrong. Right. That this is not a delusion because I'm on your fucking meds. They've done all this physical damage to me. Everything else is fucking, it's still happening. So obviously you're wrong. So I'm going to go ahead and get cold turkey off the meds right now. Mm-hmm. And I got off cold turkey and uh, I didn't sleep for 72 hours. Oh, no. I didn't sleep for 72 hours. Which also causes psychosis. Like, you can... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, I found out later, causes permanent brain damage. Yeah. Because basically, there's a bunch of bridges through the synapses in your brain that just kind of get dissolved, and yeah. it just kind of rips out whatever with... I'm sure I'm explaining that wrong, but I was told that it does permanent brain damage when you get off... Uh, psych meds cold turkey. Oh yeah. So basically, okay. So it's like a um, okay. So this is a brain cell. Right. It's a it, it, honestly an open an outstretched hand. So yeah. if you were if you're listening to this, take your hand, outstretch it. This is how I'd explain it to my clients in the treatment centers because uh-huh. they would come up to me and they'd be like, "I'm just going to stop taking my meds." Right. And I'd be like, "Let's talk about this." So here's your brain cell, and it's sort of like each little finger is a branch on the tree. Yeah. And when you cold turkey stop taking your meds they shrink and then they shrink and then they shrink and then they shrink and then eventually it can't fire anymore right and so um it does cause like permanent shock to in in permanent brain damage to go like hard on and off meds like that right Yeah. yeah uh so yeah and i did that on several occasions uh and they always say it was like when things are going good don't get off your meds because you think you're fine that never happened it was hey i took your stupid fucking meds they didn't work Mm -hmm. why am i dealing with the physical repercussions and also you know because the side effects are gnarly i was put on an anti-anxiety medication that gave me night terrors yeah i have dreamed six seven times a night i was being i was being possessed by the devil (laughs) <laughs> yeah no it's a terrible i gained like 40 45 pounds in six weeks yeah on uh i mean i'm not gonna say the med because i don't want anyone who might be on the med to hear right. it right and then and justify that it, basically right. what it is is you have to track your side effects and you have to be open with your doctors about what the side effects are yeah yeah you can't be passive in the process but when you're a kid how are you supposed you were just a kid you were a baby well and the pr- other problem is i was pretty assertive but they were just like okay well you gained 40 pounds but you said you haven't been dealing with this but you're this, still but- here yeah, you have, you know, yeah. and they're just like, and, and they were just like, you got to just be okay with that existence. And then eventually, you know, eventually the meds would always work at first. Yeah. And I continue taking them. I continue to be regimented with them. They'd never continue working. And it's actually a problem my dad has with his meds, not psychiatric meds, but just physical meds yeah. is for whatever reason, meds will work for like six weeks, eight weeks. And then for whatever reason, they'll just their the bodies will just it'll stop working right and you start to only feel the side effects and none of the benefits right right 
I don't know. I don't know what that is. It runs in the family. I don't know if it's a mind thing or a body thing. I don't know. I think it's a sensitivity thing. I have the same problem, honestly. It's yeah. very difficult for me. To, and But when I started to articulate it to my doctors and say, like, listen, if you're going to put me on a thing, like, you need to understand I am highly sensitive. And what that is literally what the doctors found is they were like, oh, you have, less is more for you. So if we just give you just a little bit of something, you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, so during during that time, I'm giving such a long answer. No, this is great. Don't, during, don't so during that time, judge yourself right now. They also they asked me if uh, some doctor on the premises who wasn't working in there, but like a research doctor, yeah. asked. She was like, "Hey, could I like study your brain and do some tests on you?" And yeah. I was like. Yeah, 50 bucks, sure. And, you know, and part of it was sleep deprivation. No. And this is already why I can't sleep. And so I'd get like uh, four hours of sleep a night. There were like, there was like four or six hours. I forget exactly how much it was, but it was like a thing where it was like, you can't, you can't. It wasn't major sleep deprivation, but there was some, a little bit. It was like, I think it was like capped out four hours a night. They were preventing you from experiencing REM sleep. Whatever it was. But I wasn't sleeping at all. And the nurses, the night nurses would check in. They'd check in every four or like it was every, instead of every, they're supposed to check in every, like I think 45 minutes, but they check in like every hour and a half to two and a half hours. Real, I see the places I worked, we had 15 minute checks. Yeah, so, so we whatever. Would like walk in every every fifteen minutes. Right. Yeah. So I would I would I would be in bed whenever they would come in. I just kind of you know I just kind of wave or whatever. But they weren't really they were really just saying is there a body in the bed? And they wrote mm-hmm. down that I was sleeping during those times. <gasps> and I tell them like I wasn't asleep. I was in my bed, but I wasn't asleep. Yeah. And then they go, well, it says on the thing you were asleep, so you're lying to us. Because they were too lazy to like... So they just mark, because I think legally, I don't remember legally if it was 15 or 30 minutes at the time, but they weren't following it. And then they wouldn't wouldn't believe me. It's because when somebody's not sleeping, it's a lot of like, honestly, it's paperwork. So the person... That makes... I know that, but it makes a lot of sense. The person has to indicate that they're not sleeping because you just assume if you're looking at somebody, if their eyes are closed... Oh, mine were open. (laughs) Oh, my God. I would wave at them sometimes. You would wave... Okay, because what I would do is I would open the door and I'd put the... Like a cop, I'd put my flashlight by my eye and I would look and I would look for one, two breaths, one, two breaths, and that's exactly how much time you're spending on that and you close the door. Right. Um... one time I had a kid that was uh, experiencing mass psychosis. And so he was like, we we would come in the room and we'd see him in his bed. It's my old identity. Charlie (laughs) Chudders. He actually looked just like Connor. It was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like lanky and like tall. And so we cut, like I check and I don't see him in the bed. Huge problem. Right. Yeah. I look down and he's doing pushups. Uh, Uh, and it was like every, he, 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 in his mind, it, he was, if I can't sleep, I might as well do something with my energy. Right. So he was doing push-ups. We would come in, he'd be doing sit-ups. We were like, I we get just that. Like, yeah. Oh, but that's a lot of, that's a phone. That's literally what our protocol would be is we had to, we had a phone trace and then we'd have to call our boss, let him know what's going on, monitor the activity, fill out a form. Yeah. It's like a whole bunch of extra steps they'd have to take 
and that's a bummer that they didn't do their job. Yeah. Well, and then there were even points where, you know, at like three in the morning, I'd, I'd like go out and be like, hey, uh, could I, 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 I can't sleep. I'm letting, I'm physically letting you know I can't sleep. Yeah. And they're like, well, we can't give you a Benadryl because it's too close to when you're supposed to wake up. And I'd be like, oh, all right. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so, and then during the day, because mm-hmm. I'd want to, because I was exhausted. Yeah. I'd want to just, like, I couldn't sleep, but I wanted to lie down. So they locked me out of my room, so I couldn't do that either. Uh, and they kept saying I was a liar. And I was pretty, I was, I was pretty pissed about it. And I did the tests and stuff. Uh, but it became like a huge thing where, I, you know, I was like, hey, you guys are, you, you guys aren't, they're not doing their job. I can't sleep. So we got to do something. And yeah. to be honest, they find they when they did start giving me Benadryl and stuff, it didn't do anything. There was nothing. There was nothing that was going to get me to sleep. Did they didn't try Trazodone? I don't even know what that is. Oh wow. Okay, so Trazodone, very interesting. It was probably kind of past your time when they started administering it. Trazodone in high doses is an antipsychotic, but it will knock a motherfucker out. Yeah. I saw a girl eating food fork in her mouth had to wake her up at the table <laughs> she yeah. was just like i'm gonna have a snack before <laughs> yeah. and just like went down in her plate we were like whoa 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 mama <laughs> well that was that was the other thing is there were so many there were other antipsychotics yeah. that i had been on where you know at one point i was on an antipsychotic where i slept 20 hours a day mm-hmm. yeah. every day yeah. 16 to 20 hours a yeah day. yeah uh so you know and they were like, "Okay, he's up. Don't let him go back to sleep during the day." But I was, I was pretty, I was pretty pissed about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but I here, so here's the here's the uh, 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 oh, and th- this was this was the weird thing I was going to tell you based yeah. off the question is I remember because you you mentioned that it creates you know uh, 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 more psychosis, yeah. And so uh, I, I didn't have I had very few visual hallucinations. Right. Very, very, very few. But one, I remember very clearly staring out the window. There was a hotel. I remember the hotel jumping up and turning into two hotels and then dancing. <laughs> Whoa. Like a Pixar movie. Yeah. Whoa. Fun. It was. It was. Uh, yeah. It was. It was. And they were doing like it was. It was more creepy than any in my head. I was just like. <laughs> it was more Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was just like it had. It had a very. And this is so funny. Just based off of people who know me now. The it was the, the dance had a very Steamboat Willie energy to it. <laughs> That's what the the motion you just made was very Steamboat Willie. Yeah, yeah. and it was it was just like wild. And I also I was just like I didn't have the energy to freak out. I didn't have the energy to like. Mm-hmm. Re- I was just like cool. Like I didn't know. I, I was just like yeah. I don't. I don't know. Uh, that's neat. Like <laughs> I don't know what. That is such a place I've been in my life where you don't have the energy to react to the insane moment occurring yeah. where you're just like, of course. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Right. <laughs> Why not? Who said, a, who said a hotel can't play basketball? There's nothing in the rules. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And then the next time I was admitted, I remembered, I remembered, uh, 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 and it, it, I wasn't thinking of it at the time. But it did. It did kind of serve some sort of 
poetic justice looking back on it is I was psychotic and it was a, it was the same delusion yeah. I was talking about earlier. And I the entire night I just wrote in like nine different languages, both real and not real, in the bathroom walls. The entire night I got in for like for like eight, so that covered the bathroom walls and these different. Trying to communicate to the aliens or beings, where the fuck they were. Yeah, and I was uh, running the simulation. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know, finally I'm done. I'm like, cool. I got the message. All right, I'm just going to lie down. And uh, so, so uh, the, uh, uh, you know, about 30 minutes goes by. And my roommate, who I've not met yet, I see him get up and I see him go into the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and I see him. <laughs> oh my God. I hear, I hear peeing. Okay. I hear He's urine. He's like, I got one thing to take care of. I, have, I hear <laughs> urine hitting the toilet. Yeah. And I hear it stop. <laughs> suddenly. Yeah. Like 30 seconds goes by and then ping starts again. <laughs> that was his moment where he was like, sure. <laughs> yeah. Of, co- of course, a wall now has a manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then he, and then he, he, he walks out of the room, and and instead of he avoids looking towards me in any way, goes exits in a way where he doesn't have to look at me, and goes straight to I assume tell the nurse, hey, so like there's like a lot of words in languages that aren't real on the wall. He was probably like, is this me or him? Hold on. Yeah, well, he was, he was, I found out later, he was there just for like vague, like (laughs) not vague. He was very seriously depressed. You know, that's the other things. Like I get very, I get very frustrated because I think, you know, psychosis is very serious and gets taken very uh, lightly or very negatively. But I also want to make clear, like I've I've also dealt with very serious depression and and all that stuff. It's like, it's not, insignificant i sometimes i speak dismissively in a dismissive tone and i don't mean it in a dismissive way because it's very it's very serious it's also it more comes from a place of frustration to the lack of understanding and compassion for the other side of it where even in la you know i'll go i'll go into you know i'll do the, the material i do in rooms talking about you know mental health stuff and as soon as i i mention you know psychosis or the word schizophrenia which i'm not i'm not on meds i haven't been on meds in years now and i'm you know if i was schizophrenic i wouldn't be able to have this conversation with you that was a misdiagnosis right but i bring those things up in those same rooms that uh, applaud people for talking about their depression their anxiety their sexual assault their yeah their you know, really tough subject. Yeah, they'll talk about it and they get, they yeah. get very encouraging and very applauded. Right. I bring up that and it's it's like I got wider and said the N-word. It is... <laughs> it's like... And, and like I'm not going to... Like sometimes yeah. it makes me... And I'm once again, I'm trying to... I, I'm, I'm getting better about not holding that against them 
Like that's and that's one thing that's difficult for me because it's very important. Like I don't know what happened to my brain, mm-hmm. but what I do know is I very much I don't I don't feel uh, fully. You know, I'm not on the street screaming at a traffic cone, but I'm also not, you know, which isn't, that's not how all schizophrenics end up, no. but a lot of, a lot of the homeless people you see, and that's where, because I'd have these moments of clarity and be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to end up. And I, 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 there was a part of my brain was like, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. You know, if I live, that'll be, that'll be in the moments of clarity. I'm like, ah, oh, if I'm, if I'm still alive, that's going to be me. You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, and then you know, between that world and, you know, you know, this world. And I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't, uh, really fully feel like I belong in either. Yeah. Um, I definitely, there's a part of me that will always feel, even though I'm not, that's not me anymore, that I'm more, I identify more. Like I see, I see like homeless people, in the street, and it, it, you know, sometimes they're on, you know, they're on drugs. Which, if they are, I, I still have a great deal of sympathy and empathy towards them because they're mm-hmm. going through something truly horrible. Yeah, and they need help, and they're not, they're not getting it. You right. know, um, but it's like I, I also, I'm not going to give you money. I don't want you to. I don't want you to buy more, right. buy more drugs. And then I've also ran into people where I'm like, oh, you're, you're. You're so like this is such this is so clearly mental health. Yeah. I remember the first time I went to downtown LA, I was I think I was twenty. I was here for an acting competition, and we're walking around downtown LA. And there's this guy, and he's he's, he's walking around with his shopping cart. And in downtown LA, they're hustlers. They know how to they know how to they know how to make their 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 money. The people who uh, it's like it's a whole it's like a whole world, a whole yeah. infrastructure. It's yeah. like a thing. It's like an anthropologist dream. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's there's this uh, like I would th- th- there probably aren't enough sociology s- studies on right. on those communities, but there was a guy and this guy was he didn't ask anybody for money. I, I, he was walking just kind of kind of parallel mm-hmm. with us for about three or four minutes, and ask anybody for money. He's just kind of r- walking along, and we cross the street and he sees these cigarette butts and he starts he starts picking up the cigarette butts. It's like stopping his car in the middle of the street and these cars are honking at him. Yeah. And I kind of stopped to watch. And he gets these cigarette butts and he just kind of throws them, th- throws them away uh, in the trash can and then just keeps going. And I was like, oh, that guy, it's just, it's just mental health. Yeah. He's not on, he's not on drugs. Yeah. He's didn't, he didn't waste his life in some Ponzi scheme yeah. or whatever fucking, you know, weird right wing people think are homeless people. Like he, yeah. We want He's mentally I can see it in yes. I can see it in his eyes that he is seeing things maybe not physically but he's seeing the world differently than the way you and I are right now. Yeah. And it just made me want to like just break down and start weeping cuz right. in my head whenever I see those people you know, he has no one for anything. I saw him walk by, you know, in, in four minutes in downtown LA, was hustling and bustling. He walked by hundreds of people, mm-hmm. asked no one. All he did was throw some cigarette, but some litter away. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, that was in, in my head. I was like, yeah, that was, there's no reason that shouldn't be me. Mm-hmm. On paper from ages 14 to even around 21, there were still glimpses of it. It was more 14 to 
to 20. Yeah. M- more of my adult life has been in that world than in this one. And I saw that and I was just like, there's no, every doctor I talked to said that was going to be me. Right. Everybody, you, you know, they ain't, they didn't point to him and say that's gonna be you. But they're but but that's so there's part of me that always feels a great amount of survivor's guilt when I see those people mm. and a a great amount of anger when, you know, those people you know, will try to when they're just existing and it's like they're not they're not hurting anybody. They're yeah. just doing some crazy person shit. Just and doing some different. The crazy person mm-hmm. shit. I'm. I'm like. I give every everyone full credit. It's off putting. Uh, yeah. It can be disturbing. Right. To be. I see why people think it's disturbing. Sometimes I get uncomfortable. Yes. But most. You know. Most of the. Most of the time, they're not hurting anybody. Yeah. And most of the time, when someone with that disease, when the schizophrenic hurts people, statistically, it almost always has something to do with the narcotic as well. Narcotics mm. and mental illness mixed together. No, uh, yeah, bad like, combination. Yeah, that is that yeah. is, you know, if you have a history of mental health, you're mm-hmm. you're you know, you might be a powder keg, right? But as long as you keep it damp, you can you, you're you're okay. Yeah. you know what I mean. And then, uh, you know, doing even party drugs or like hallucinogens sometimes. Um, like, I know you don't react very well to marijuana. Yeah, which I've actually, I think that marijuana I took at uh, at, at the at the store that one time, I think there was LSD in it. See, it was, there might have been something in it. Because yeah, I've definitely I was, been dosed with, like, they will, they'll put cocaine I with I think there was something sometimes. in it, because I've slowly reintroduced marijuana since then, hmm. and it's not been th- like that. Like that? No. <sighs> now, I say batshit stupid things. Yeah, but I think I think I think there might have, or maybe it was just maybe f- it was just a real strong. I yeah, mean. but I've I've never reacted that way to any other weed because that was the weed I smoked, and I thought the color the color red was the color orange at the yeah. comedy store. Yeah, I thought the color orange hated me, and <laughs> I started trying to hide from the color orange. It and was poor a weird Anna, night. <laughs> poor Anna. Then had to drive me back to Fullerton when she had work at 6 a.m. the next day. We get to Fullerton, and I am not okay to drive, and Anna is fully aware of that. We took a nap. We slept in your car because you're like, I can't, I can't, I I just (laughs) fucking 13 levels of I can't. And I can't let you leave, and I can't, I don't want to be here with you, but I'm going to be because I care about you, you fucking idiot. These are, none none of these are things you said. No, there was a resignation of like, this is where we're at. I care about this person. I'm exhausted. Yeah. We're going to compromise. Let's take a nap. Yeah. We had gone to Del Taco. Remember how hard the, because the Del Taco, do you remember going to Del Taco? They didn't have your burrito combination or we were getting your burrito and i cannot remember the specifics but was it a bold bean and cheese burrito? it was a bold bean and cheese burrito and i had never laughed as hard in my life because you had this whole like this whole thing about 
the bold bean and cheese burrito you went on this whole tirade and you were talking like at at the the delta we had to go to like two del tacos to get it i think is what happened oh, so it, no it was i don't remember it any was of this. funny it was really really but again i'm that kind of person where i experience more curiosity in those situations like right. i just recognize like you 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 weed's not a good thing yeah, you know and yeah. like and like i'm never in the moment i'm like we're both similar that in the moment we never cast judgment and we never we're not the kind of people in the moment who uh go to like a negative there's only like a couple of there's only like one person where i've been like get your fucking shit together and we'll talk right. about it he's an oc comic um <laughs> there was like one person where i was like you motherfucker like you, now you just waste some on time but like there is it was more of a like this is where we're at you know what i mean right, like right. this is yeah. this is it i wasn't i wasn't judgmental i was just literally like at that point it's just pragmatism i was so tired but it was such a funny night it, it was, was it was so i laughed bizarre. so hard i don't know if i told you <laughs> how weird of uh, <laughs> shape i was the next day i'm it was a weird yes the next day like like after i got back to my house i slept a little a little bit and then the next day I woke up and I had like cold shakes and I was sweating a bunch. Oh, That's why I think, yeah, and like I went into a coffee shop and I'm like, your pupils are huge. Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I smoked a doobie. And they were like, oh, and then they like gave me free coffee and food because I knew them. And I'm like, yeah, dude, just, yeah, I don't know if I ever told you that, but part of me wonders if I, there was. You got dosed with something. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. also the girl said she was from Indiana. That sounds like some. Anywhere in the middle of nowhere, their weed's so bad they gotta add something. <laughs> <laughs> they got bad. They got bad. We, you know, that was yeah. That was a that was a, a weird night. But yeah. oh yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the fascinating things about your experience is that decision making is very. It seems to be very important to you, especially now. Like I see you make a lot of decisions for your health now and for your yeah. mental health now. And it honestly, it fills my heart with joy. I want like, I want you to know, it's like, I notice it. I see what you're doing <laughs> and I love it. Um, like how do you make decisions in your life? I mean, so uh, the part, the part of my brain that attaches a zillion things to one, one half, like the parent, all that shit's always still there to a degree, if that makes sense. Yeah, you just harness it for good. It's like, not even. It's not even harness. It's more just being able to f not let the it grow, if that right. makes sense. And I, if I slip up, but I haven't had any 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 you know uh, big big ones. You know, uh, uh, you had an interesting health year. You had the pink rheumatitis and the whole. Yeah, it's been. It's been. <laughs> I just remember seeing your basement, your basement room at um at the Mean Boys bunker. Yeah, I don't live like, there in that they room anymore. Don't live in that room anymore. It was full of spiders. Yeah, Keith lives there now. Hilarious. There was <laughs> he brings a woman to that room. Yeah, she's staying there right now too. Terrifying. Yeah. Um, how do they stay warm? It's warmer in there than in the kitchen. Oh wow! Like way warmer. It's insulated. Really. I got a real uninsulated vibe when I was. It's <laughs> well, I don't know if insulated is the right word. Right. The the temperature stays put. It's a, the most moderate room in the house naturally. Okay. There's no air circulation, so it. Imagine a basement, a dank, scary, low ceiling basement. Yeah. Picture it. 
that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. And it, I was, there was just a mattress on the floor and a big, huge bottle of Jim Beam. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I was <laughs> the Costco size. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, that was, you know, there was a, there was, it's uh it's, you know, cause I have my, my most regular doctor I used to see cause I'm not, I'm not in therapy. I don't see anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it is I've, too, almost too much i have so much anger at the mental health care industry mm-hmm. that i would need to find like a different therapist to just get a get the right mindset to get therapy for the other shit mm-hmm. almost if that makes sense because i feel like therapy at this point would just turn into me screaming at a poor lady who did nothing or dude who did nothing well, you have ptsd around it yeah, and that was another big realization. There was a big realization I had where I was like, oh, PTSD is not just people who had their legs blown off in yeah. Iraq, you know? There are different kinds of PTSD. Yes. And I was like, oh, shit. I was wondering, it was actually after talking to uh, uh, Jace. Jace, Avery. we mm-hmm. bonded over some stuff. And he was talking about some stuff, and I was relating. I was like, eh, I wonder... Uh, wonder if I might have some PTSD. Mm. And it's like, I mean, yeah, you're describing a bunch of stuff that uh, like, yeah. you, you almost look confused. Like, why Didn't you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then I took an online quiz, which means <laughs> nothing. Was it on Facebook? No. No. It was, <laughs> it was some like, mental health. <laughs> yeah. It was like a mental health. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I took, and I took like a bunch of them. Aced them all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And I was just like, "Oh yeah, that's okay." I this I I wasn't even aware. No one, no one, no medical, no mental health professional ever mentioned that I might have trauma. Tra- well, that's a newer. There's a great book. I mentioned. I've been mentioning it literally every time we record since I read it. It's called The Body Keeps Score, and it's uh-huh. about the study of trauma. And in the DSM five, they actually rejected a diagnosis called trauma. Um, uh, trauma disorder, which is the the culmination of symptoms of like anxiety, depression, um, like anxiety, depression, ADHD, psychosis symptoms. It's basically encapsulating what people with PTSD experience, which is like, instead of giving a multiple diagnoses, just treating the actual problem, which is trauma disorder. Right. It's all the reaction to trauma and the physiological effects of trauma. It's a really great book. Um, it's heavy. It's literally the heaviest thing I've ever read, yeah. but it also has clinical research behind it. So there's like, I think maybe the best chapters are like the clin- like the real clinical research chapters where they explain it. But yeah. um, they're, I mean, they're doing the same thing now with talking about, um, uh, it's it's uh, there's a couple of TED talks as well talking about like health in African American and Latino communities mm-hmm. being directly relinked to trauma. So right. there's now more and more research um, on like trauma and the physiological and mental health effects of that. Right. So it's you're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. Like every situation you were in is definitely trauma inducing. Like, yeah, yeah. And there were ones before that, you know, and that was, yeah, that was, that was the thing is I had all, you know, I had all these issues going in and then it just like pun it like, and this is, and it's so weird because 
so everyone else I've talked to, they're like, therapy's the best. Therapy was so helpful, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And it's a mixed emotion for me because, one, I am so happy for them that they're getting the help they need. Yeah. I'm so thankful that my friends are feeling better and yeah. they're getting the help they need and they're getting what they were looking for yeah. and growing. And that makes me so happy. Right. Yeah. At the same time, I get so fucking mad that mm. I experience none of that. You know, mm. it, not at them, never at them, but just, I, I don't, I don't know what the anger's at, but it's not at them, but just in general, I get, I get, you know, I get, you know, it's like if the popular kid at school, uh, you know, um, everyone loves, and then when no one's looking, he hits you in the face with a stick, and you're like, did you guys see him hit the feet, and they're like, you liar, mm. like, I feel like it, you know. And this is probably this is a me thing, but I think I feel, mm. I feel almost uh, uh, n- n- uh, un unvalidated and especially fucked up in a way mm. where it's like, which I've I've always kind of felt that way. If I'm mm-hmm. being, I mean, I had these issues when I was starting real young. It contributes to your feeling of otherness. Yeah, which is also something, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, and I think these, the, this is one of the steps is just kind of accept and, and you know, uh, uh, f- forgive, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I, I stopped drinking, you know, I'll have a drink or two a year. Yeah, but I stopped drinking. But I, I didn't do it through a program. I did it because of the pancreatitis. Because <laughs> your because your pancreas turned into a pinata. My yeah, yeah. <laughs> a ruptured pinata. <laughs> but the idea the idea of you know uh, like being 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 okay with like yeah that was your experience. It doesn't mean it's that way for everybody, and you continuing to be mad about that is just isolating you more you know a big one for me is just like also just like you know i remember when you're psychotic you remember how people act and treated you even if you were interpreting for other reasons you know i was Mm -hmm. like oh well that was just a test a test drone to figure out whether or not i'd react this or this You, you know what i mean yeah you know, my brain was doing that, but you still remember what they say. And then sometimes you recontextualize as you're not psychotic, but you still remember what they say. And I'll, and I'll, I'll think about like, you know, when I meet people, I go, Oh, you kind of have the same archetype personality of those people who treated me shitty when I was in that place or those, yeah. or, and I'll start pairing. And I, I'm trying to stop doing that because the reality is I don't think anyone really would have, anyone's gonna you know it's it it, there's not a lot of there's very 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 few people who are gonna not treat you poorly in that mind state and the ones that are you're also such a raw nerve you know it's like everything's so heightened and everything's so sensitive yeah i mean that that is part of it well it's also like i don't know it's 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 not i don't know if sensitive is Right, it's heightened. Heightened, yeah. Hyper aware. Yeah, well, yeah. and I have to be because if I'm not hyper aware, 
I have to think down nine steps because I have to go, does this lead to me falling back into a pattern of thinking that results in me allowing to be consumed by delusion again? Addicts experience the same thing where it's just like you have to play the tape. Like if I do this, then... Well, it, it'll lead to that, it'll lead to that, it'll lead to that, and then it'll use. And that's, yeah, yeah and I, I have to do that with with my thought patterns going, okay, if this turns into a circle, will this end up with me thinking something that's not real? And so I think down 15 steps, you know, uh, out, which I've realized recently, like, oh, that's not what most people do naturally at all. No. <laughs> That's very few people do that. And I think Yeah, they're not I've, occupying the mental space for that. And mm-hmm. I've finally gotten to the point where I've realized like, oh, almost nobody else does that. Very few pe- other people do. I think, I think more than you think with different with different things. I think what has to happen is they have to have an awareness and acceptance that there is something not working or that there is something that they they need to be aware of whatever it is that leads right. them to that. And what it is is that we live in a society where people are pretty numb and unaware. Yeah. And so they're just reacting blindly. Like, right. just like, like just, you know, shit, like five, it's trying to cram six pounds of shit in a five pound can. Right. Like there's shit popping out and they're not aware of what's going on. And, and I think that's what you have that awareness, which kind of leads to our next question of like, what's the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself? Uh-huh. Was it just that there is a pattern and you can be aware of that or there's, there's, it's most interesting thing I've learned about, about myself that i mean that's 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 i'm still i'm still i'm still i'm still i guess i'm still figuring that i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i i don't i don't i don't know because i'm i'm still i think i'm 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 actually is that like your brain works and that you are good like, could it be that? Because it's I like... I still am figuring that out, too, though. Yeah. You know, because there's also... There's different... There's different... There's different... You know, there's different phases to understanding something. A lot of things I understand intellectually, but that doesn't mean you understand it. Emotionally. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're, they're different. There are a lot of things I understand intellectually. I know it's wrong for me to hate somebody because they they are so much like personality wise as someone who is uh very cruel to me when i was pretty much a different person i'm aware of that mm. intellectually i know that's not fair and if i judge everyone on that curve that just leads to loneliness and loneliness also leads back to the cycle of paranoid yeah. thinking so it's like the knowledge of that, but 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 knowing that you know it's still you know uh, I'd say it's still you know fifty fifty when I start feeling that and whether or not I can shut that down or just kind of takes over and I isolate if that makes sense. Right. Uh, but the most interesting thing I've, I've it's I've, like you see the world through psych word glasses. Yeah. No. I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what do you mean? Like when you're in that state, it's suddenly you're judging you're judging the world around you from a position that 
isn't current. It's from a, it's from a position of the past. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's actually the biggest thing I've, 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 I mean, that's, I don't know if that's the most interesting thing. That's the biggest thing I realize is I definitely, the, the, the world mostly does not see me that way, but in my brain, they still do in my head. I'm still a perceived threat in my head. I'm still a, uh, uh, I mean to them, I'm still, um, projecting all these things you know, uh, all these dangers from other people, both, you know, you know, and I'm still in that kind of, um, that mind, that mindset, you know, where it's, 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 uh, it's defensive and I'm playing defensive chess and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, distance, you know, I, it's, I'm doing all the shit I was doing there and not just there, but even around school, even Mm -hmm. around, you know what I mean? I'm still doing all those things and I'm trying to let that go. Yeah. If that makes sense. Is it like exhilarating? What do you mean? The chess game of it all? Is it interesting? No, no, not that part. Not, Uh, no. Okay. Now when I'm psychotic, it's pretty exhilarating. Okay. When I'm psychotic, it is, it is, uh, it's... You're living in a movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's also horrifying right. and traumatizing. I mean, that's one weird thing I think about. I was like, I wonder how much PTSD I have from things in my head that didn't actually happen. Yeah. From my delusion, because they were so real to me. They were, I mean, they were real to the point where I kept trying, there were, I didn't, there were times where I was not suicidal, mm-hmm. where I was trying to kill myself to stop those murders that already happened from happening. Yeah. You know. I bet there are, and I'm not trying to fix this for you, but I bet there are therapists that do specialize in PTSD related to mental health. Maybe. And the mental health experience. I just, I, there gotta be. There's just, you know, the other frustrating thing for me is I've never, I don't, there's so few, there's so few people with my background. I've heard of, one other comedian who refuses he's famous but it's i found this out because uh uh, my dad's friend was dating his sister and my dad was telling uh you know his friend this yeah and he goes you'll never believe that so and so i'm dating his sister and as a kid he went through you know this delusion this delusion this delusion And then, you know, I don't want to give any more info because yeah. I don't want to blow out any Sure, spot. we'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah, I yeah, know. but, you know. Uh, well, I mean, you have a brilliant creative mind. You truly do. Take it in. I know it's uncomfortable. Take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you it's, take uh, a compliment. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll be silent through it, but it's, <laughs> I want you to know it's rejecting, it's bouncing off my stone this soul. This is our friendship, by the way, in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just me. It's this like interesting chess match of me being like, you're the best. And you're like, ah, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm pretty bad at, uh, at compliments in, in, Everybody in general, is. but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that does exist for that for for two reasons. One, and I could be wrong. Okay. One, I don't. Um, there's so few people with 
undrug related psychosis that are lucid now, you know, that are, that are, that are coherent. Uh, it's, it's according to the diagnosis that I received, I do not exist medically, (laughs) you know, it's, it's unheard of. Well, they figured out it was a cerebral allergy that was not, a big so, part of it. So I had to go. We went to a, a that that was not a American medical doctor. That was a Canadian doctor. We went to Canada to get see it. This Canada, doctor. yeah, get it. It was a Canadian. It wasn't even a. It, I mean, they had a, they had a they had a master's degree, but they were a nutritionist or something like that. Weird. Okay. But they they were basing their research off a bunch of Russian psychiatric huh. practice from the Soviet era. Mm-hmm. Involving fasting and and uh, dietary control and yada yada yada. So she picked up where they kind of got uh, unfunded, and you know it all sounds like a bunch of heebie-jeebie bullshit or whatever. I didn't just say I just the heebie-jeebie isn't a, a like a slur. Or anything. No, okay. <laughs> I don't don't know what words are slurs, and I don't want to say a slur. (laughs) No, but it's it's interesting. That was that big breakthrough for you was you figuring out from a soy patty. You can't you can't fuck with soy. I can't. No, I can have. I can have. I mean, because it's in everything. Now I can have small amounts of soy, and I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I I eliminated soy completely for years, and then that it didn't it didn't fix it didn't fix everything, but it got me to a point where I. I was more clear with during the like the during the coherent phases. It was it was the the coherent phases were clearer mm-hmm. and longer. And the psychotic breakdowns were uh, shorter and less intense, and it's it allowed me more to kind of be. And you were raised vegetarian, correct? Uh, I so chose like, to be vegetarian. You chose to be a vegetarian. I chose. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my mom loved, yeah, I chose vegetarianism. Uh, um, but yeah, from very young age, I think I was five when I chose to be vegetarian. Wow. Yeah, no, everyone thought I was older than I was when I was a kid. I was, you know. Uh, Me too. I sounded like, I sounded like a 40 year old woman. Yeah, yeah. My, they would call no, my house and tell my mom stuff, but they were really talking to me. I had no idea. They thought I was my mom oftentimes on the phone as a little kid too, because before it was before puberty and I was very. Oh. I spoke like an adult. Yeah, my dad was talking to me about you know we you know yeah you get lost in grocery we couldn't find you in grocery stores then you'd be talking about the concept of God <laughs> with a grandmother and the the, the fucking produce section and I was just like he's seven what are we doing? And my dad told me a pretty fun funny thing it was uh when I was eleven I forgot about this when I was was like I was like it was between ages nine and ten at very oldest eleven. But it also, when we were doing the math, it didn't quite add up. But apparently, you know, uh, my family took me to see uh, Arun Gandhi speak. They want to see Arun Gandhi. They were Buddhists. So we'll wanted, get to that. You've got yeah. the, the Buddhist stories are fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was uh, uh, Arun Gandhi. His grandson was speaking. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I like Gandhi as a kid. He was like, yeah, he's fucking helped yeah. India and all that shit. And so when it was his turn to talk, I was playing with some other kid. We were playing with toys in the back. And my dad, my dad said, he goes, yeah, you told the kid. He was like, she's sorry, I have to, I have to go listen to this. And my dad didn't tell me. I just told him, excuse me, I gotta go. And then I ran to the front, and then I sat on the floor in the aisle. 
to watch him talk. There's like there's like a there's like several hundred people there. Wow. And I just sat there and I just kind of listened. And then his wife kept trying to get me to sit in his chair and I would refuse to sit and got because it, it was his chair. I wasn't right. That wasn't my chair. So and he also had a nicer chair and it was like I felt weird of it. So I refused yeah. to sit in it. And then uh uh he went to Q and A and then he answered my question first and like the crowd was like expecting it to be like a silly question. And he answered my question for 30 minutes. Most of the Q&A, he answered like two other questions because he ran out of time because he just wow. kept talking. Do you remember the question? I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something along the lines of, you know, um, uh, you know, sometimes you have to make a decision and you don't know what the right decision, you know, right decision is. Yeah. How do you understand the consequences and know you've made the correct decision. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I was like a really smart kid. I don't know what, I mean, I know you a are lot a really what, smart yeah, human. Yeah. I was way smarter as a kid. Uh, and then, um, yeah. And then finally, cause I refused to sit in his chair. Uh, his wife convinced me to sit on her lap. <laughs> So I just sat on Mrs. Gandhi's lap throughout wow. the rest of, which is such a bizarre. Th- I, that's a story I forgot. That's it's I a don't great story. Yeah, my dad was telling it to me the other night. I was just like, "That's fucking weird." And it's no, it's I not would, weird. It's beautiful. It's weird. I, I don't think that. Like I, I think about that. I was like, "How was I more mature as a kid?" No, and I was like. The- People don't think about that. The, the, all those people were probably. That is why that is a question in this podcast. How do you do? How do you ex- do your decision making? Decision making is profoundly difficult. Yeah. Of yeah. course, as a child, you're going to ask that question because as a child, it's really hard to just choose between chocolate and vanilla ice cream. Right. Like, like your whole your whole childhood is the experience of how to make decisions. And if you have any sort of like trauma or inconsistency or upset in your childhood, decision making is so profoundly difficult. Yeah. And you're just developing the tools for it. That's right. incredible. Don't I wouldn't call that weird at all. I would I would put that in your pocket as one of the reasons like in a, a tangible example of your magic. No, I think it's weird. Oh my god. <laughs> what is one thing you would like to change about yourself? Oh, most of it. Oh, oh my God. One, I, that's why I'm just going to get this out of the way. <laughs> We're just getting this out of the way. You don't uh, have to change it. I feel like you're vibe. What if you're just vibrating at a different frequency? But like, it's a good one. It's pretty, it's pretty long. I wish I was, uh, you know what? I, I, I'm trying, I'm trying to, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of things I'm working on, but I, I'm trying to come off more. It's different with my, you know, you're, you're a, you know, you're, a, you're someone I already know. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I really wish that I could, uh, uh, come off more as someone who is a a, a friendly and approachable. I, I I wish it was easier for me to make more more friends and more connections with people. And a lot of that is on me because I I shut, especially the last couple of years. Uh, I just would cut, just kind of chop off that possibility with hmm. people. Um, Why? There's a lot of the reasons I was talking about. I think I think the last couple of years I've kind of I hadn't processed a lot. I mean, I was too busy dealing with the actual psychosis and the actual 
the you know you you you're doing life triage so okay i'm not psychotic anymore and then you start thinking about the way people treated you and the way people talked to you and the way uh, you the things you were told and you go okay well fuck people you know i didn't do anything to any of those people you know yeah i did nothing yeah. I was just a perceived threat to them based off of their lack of knowledge. And these are the people who are trained to be knowledgeable of this situation. Right. Fuck people in general. Well, they just want the puzzle to be easy to solve. Right. And you're not a puzzle. You're a human. Yeah. No, and I'm a fucking <laughs> wackadoo one too. But yeah, no, it's, a, you know, uh, and just, you know, and also just like, you know, think and just like socially. I've never been, I've never been social. I was homeschooled till I was 11. So that's, that's. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, I was naturally, which I think is why I'd, 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 you know, talk to, you know, old ladies in grocery stores about God is just because I I was fascinated by ideas because I wasn't stimulated by bullshit, you know. I think a lot of school, like, okay, we're, we're starting you at this age. Why? Well, because this is what we decided on. Uh, you know, 300 years ago before education really existed. You, right. you know what I mean? And We're then trying to keep kids from these, being eaten alive by farm implements. Right, right. right. You know, all these arbitrary <laughs> things. And so I became, I think, very imaginative as a kid and I was very alone. So my imagination was most of what guided me throughout, you know, bo- you know, it's what entertained me. It's what kind of drove me. I love to read and yada, yada. You know, uh, but I'm also very comfortable being alone and cut off from the world. And then when I was kind of started going to school and not really, you know, I had all that. I, I definitely lacked a certain level of, you know, I, I wasn't as good at fitting in with with everything as other kids who had the experience of being there for years and already I was at the point where I was like, okay, this is a little bit different, but that's fine. And I got better at it. Yeah. Got better at it. But then I always still felt like an outsider and I always kind of felt like I was treated a little bit. I felt like it wasn't even that I was outsider. I felt like I was treated by both adults and kids. And this gets into a whole different thing, but uh, I felt like I had different people had different standards for me than they had for anybody else, for from both adults and children. And I think a lot of that had to do with the way I spoke and how I could communicate with people and how I could explain things and mm-hmm. have intelligent conversations that you know you wouldn't hear from a ten year old about things that most adults don't think about. But it was fascinating to me. And then, you know, that led pretty much to, you know, I think a lot of uh, a lot of pressure and a lot of uh, expectations that at the end of the day, I was still a little kid. Yeah. And I think a lot of that. And then when I started having these mental breakdowns that added to the idea that like, oh, I just I just fuck. I just let down everybody if that makes sense and so yeah you you kind of distance yourself and i think i it didn't you know it's only been until very recently where i started thinking about these things and kind of piecing these together and figuring out what all of that was and you know i think that's helping me grow 
you know, or at least has the possibility to it. But there's definitely a part of me that goes, oh, okay, well, I just don't. I just, you know, I get why I isolate and mm-hmm. I don't want anything to do with it. And that's part of the reason I love Mean Boys so much is I had like the first time in a very long time. Oh, I was like, I have these best friends that I'm attached to at the hip. Yeah. That, you know, uh, have seen me in some some dark moments. Yeah. And that made me very uncomfortable <laughs> because of that, because I'm not used to having somebody else really uh, there. And I'm like, okay, well, they, they're still around, so maybe I should uh, give other people more of a shot here on this, and that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And so that, once again, the longest possible answer is to what would you like to change about yourself uh, besides my past would just be my ability to allow myself to connect with other people. You want more connection. Yeah, well, I think, and people connect with me. That's what's frustrating. Well, you're I a deep talk person. In the in the same way that, like, um, my roommate Luke doesn't like small talk. Yeah. You're a deep talk person. You, you want to have a big conversation. You want to really connect with people and get to know them. Right, right. I don't know how to just be like, yeah, the, the clouds today, that drives me nuts. Right. Right, but it, the real shit. I'll always talk about that because that has yeah. there's value, you know. That's why we've we've always we've been friends since almost the moment we met. For sure, yeah. Was is we're both deep talk people. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's. I think it's great. I think it's great. Yeah, thank you. How do you deal with your fear and anxiety around all this stuff? Ah. Uh. <laughs> I mean, it's little things, you know, um, you know, exercise, uh, you know, exercise helps, um, shutting down certain thoughts help diet helps. It's I've explained, I've, I've described this way, mental health care, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, your, your, your mental health is, uh, it's, it's, it's a beheading and your personal mental health care each thing, diet, exercise, proper sleep, um, uh, creative outlets, are all just one stitch. If you just do one thing, you're still not going to have a head. Yeah. But if you keep sewing in more stitches, eventually it's firm and detached. And when you let one thing go, the head will get looser and looser and looser and looser. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, just, it's, it's constantly doing those things. You know, talking to people, uh, um, allow. You know, for me, it's allowing myself to have fun. I don't. Yeah. I don't do that enough. Is and that like a worthiness thing? Do you know? Do you think you're not like worthy of fun and joy? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You are. Yeah, I don't think. When I also, I, I you know, I feel like I'm a bummer to people sometimes. You're you know. not a bummer. Yeah, you know, uh, but yeah, there's, there's a, you know, uh, there's, there's a bunch, you know, but the, you know, all, all the, th- you know, um, definitely the main one is, is being constantly mindful of my thoughts. You know, that's, that's the biggest one for me personally. Very dialectical where, behavioral approach. Yeah. Life, life is a, life is a chess match against myself. If that makes sense. I think you see, I think you'd really dig like a DBT therapist. Cause that's what What's they do. DBT? Dialectical behavioral therapy. It's a mix of, it was actually developed by a clinician who has, um, borderline personality disorder. Uh-huh. And it was, uh, 
it's basically that chess match that you're describing. It's shutting down the thoughts. It's recognizing the thoughts, being mindful of the thoughts, shutting them down, challenging them, distress tolerance. It's like a whole system of skills to just say like, this is how your brain works. How do we, how do we, how do we get it to, how do we deal with that? Instead of like, talk therapy or whatever it's yeah. like it's very systematic yeah and I, I didn't have that i didn't have that kind of that that kind of therapy but at the same time it's like yeah and this is i know this is the wrong thought process to have yeah but I, i'm good i mean i'm gonna be honest about yeah, it I get my, it. my attitude is just like hey I, w- I saw a bunch of therapists you guys didn't help me i'm not gonna give you guys some of the satisfaction of what i figured out myself ah. You guys deserve none of the credit. I figured yeah. out my fuck you guys. I want, and I know that's the wrong right. attitude. Yeah. I know that's the wrong attitude, but that's just like in my head. I'm like, and you're probably right. That probably would be very helpful, but I'm like, I figured out some of it. I've, I figured out most of it on my own or with my friends, and I'm not. Yeah, well, I, I it refuse, took some. I refuse to give you guys the credit because I gave you seven years to help me, it's... and you didn't. It right. things got only got better when I quit listening and quit going to therapy and quit talking to you guys and uh, quit the meds and went on my own and you know into the right, wild right. and said, "This is gonna end two ways. I'm either gonna fix this or I'm gonna die." Yeah, but I'm gonna try to fix it. I'm gonna do it without your guys' help because right. you guys have only hurt me at this point. Right. That's the only time it got better, and I know that is such a mind blowing, uh, like. Uh, anomaly. <laughs> I know that's like yeah. Usually, it generally does not work that way. It never yeah, works. Yeah, no. That it way. I've never work. met anyone who that that's happened it, to. You it know? just sounds like the system at the time ten years ago was just not what it is today. You know, it's yeah. just because if you think about it, like that that model of therapy was developed by a clinician who had a very difficult diagnosis of her own. And so she was like, well, how do we treat people like me? It took somebody who literally was not getting her needs met to create something that would meet her needs. Right. And now it's like all the rage. That's like the big hot thing is dialectical behavioral therapy. I mean, but literally what you described is what that is. It's yeah. fascinating. It's fascinating I mean, that you got there and that another person had that experience. And that's the only reason why I bring it up. Right. It's like this really fascinating parallel. What, what's frustrating to me is like if I. Because everything's changed in the last 10 years. L- literally. Yeah. It's completely yeah. new world. I mean, it's it's. It's only been in the last, it's only been four years without therapy. Yeah. You know, it's only been four years outside of that, that world. But one thing I will, I will, you know, it's been four years since my last psych visit, which is, fuck, that's crazy because, you know, it was, I remember, I remember the first time in my teens where I made it through a full year and I was like, this this is crazy. You know, I think it was 19 or something. You're also 25. So you're now past the, your brain's done growing. Yeah, I guess. I still don't, which is both terrifying and relaxing at the same time. But then it's again, relaxing. every, 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 everything they've said about my brain has been false. So I don't know. Maybe it's still growing. I don't maybe know. Maybe it's doing, it's doing curls right yeah, now. You're yeah. doing brain curls. It's maybe it's going all right. Uh, it's, it's 25. We're, we're done growing. 27 Alzheimer's. You know, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, but um, what was what was I gonna say? Uh, um, but yeah, it's so I, I it's it's and I know that yeah, but basically I know that's the wrong attitude, but it, that is 
that is attitude I have. And it's like, also, I feel like I would have met more people who share, like I've met many people who've also been in mental hospitals. I've met very many people who've been through drug induced psychosis or had one mental breakdown, but I haven't really met anybody who went through what I went through. And in my head, I'm like, well, if any of that really worked, I feel like I would have met more people by now. <laughs> you know, hmm. people who are completely off meds now, who 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 are quote misdiagnosed, who like like I feel like if, if you know, um, and I don't know if the, once I don't know if everything I'm saying, I just want to be clear because I'm sure I've but, come off in more than one time and sensitive people who are struggling with their own things. And that's mm-hmm. not what I'm, I'm trying to do at all. Yeah. yeah I'm just trying to speak on your message is get the help exp- you need. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And just because I had such a horrible experience with my mental health care, mm-hmm. sometimes it sounds like I'm mad at any mental health care. And it's not, it's more just like, it's more just a lot of uh, inner anger about what they told me as opposed to what they did and how they react. It's a lot of anger towards mental health care that was given to me. But I also, once again, like I said up top, there's so many people who I know who it's helped so much, people that I very Mm -hmm. much love and care about and who needed it, and it's helped them, and I see it, and I know it's real. And it's in there. I know there are good doctors out there. There are good therapists out there. Mm-hmm. If there weren't, they wouldn't be. There wouldn't be people getting better. Right. I know all of that, but I saw so many different doctors and so many different therapists and so many different hospitals and so many different horrible experiences that it's it's just it's hard for me to not speak with this kind of tone. So if it's coming off like I'm 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 discrediting you or what you went through or anything like that. That's absolutely not how I want to come off. And I absolutely, you know, I empathize with anyone who went through anything, you know, even in the, even, even it, maybe, maybe it's not even the same vein. Maybe it's, maybe I sympathize with you and empathize with you. Even if you have, you know, it's a, a, a small anxiety disorder, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, or, or every once in a while you get depressed, you know, all the way up to anything in that yeah. world. I have, I have, you mm-hmm. know, like, and I also, you know, I have some empathy for the, you know, people who, um, you know, a lot of a lot of psychiatric nurses are not in it because they want to be psychiatric nurses. They're in it because it's the only job in nursing they could get, mm-hmm. and it's the hardest fucking one, according to I'd say, eighty percent of the nurses I've talked to. They're like, I'll do any kind of nursing, but not psychiatric. It's really tough. I actually met a psych nurse yesterday. Um, yeah. yeah. And we were at the, she's, uh, she's dating a very funny comedian and, um, we were sitting there and I almost pushed him out of the way. I was like, tell me everything. Cause she works at, um, she works at Orange County jail in the psych unit. And I was like, oh, that's fascinating. And so we were just like having a whole conversation. Um, you know how I do. I'm always like, I'm way more interested in what anybody uh, who's not a comedian is like than actual comedian. Yeah. And that's. And that's one of the, the I could only imagine that's one of the toughest jobs. It's so crazy. In the oh. in the most the mo, one of the more dangerous category of the toughest job mm-hmm. 
in the most upsetting place the in the whitest county. <laughs> yeah, the special forces. And before that, she worked in, um, she did the same job in Riverside. Oh yeah, Riverside. Yeah. If you know, if you're not in California, Riverside is just is it's uh, it's is. I describe it as a monster energy drink can cooking meth in the desert. That's a, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Imagine if Las Vegas had had uh, no slots and more meth. <laughs> Well, imagine all the meth of Vegas, but nowhere to no no knowledge no on where to put it. <laughs> yeah, they got one group home in the whole city. Yeah, it's a rough, it's is a okay, rough situation. Is it okay, if I use the restroom real quick. Please, okay, I'm gonna pause it. We're back. We're back. We've had a smoke break. Yes, we've enjoyed a coffee. I peed that whole time. He peed so long. Yes, the most pee. Yes. Um, very exciting. How do you, you've talked a lot about in this conversation about the concept of forgiveness. It seems like right. you're, you're approaching forgiveness. How do you experience it? Or are you still discovering that? I'm still figuring it out because I'm pretty, I'm still, I'm still very mad about a bunch of shit. <laughs> Can I make a book recommendation? Sure. The Forgiveness Project. Uh -huh. um, it's about um, the societal steps taken in apartheid South Africa to promote forgiveness. It's uh -huh. about Nelson Mandela. That sounds interesting. Written, Someone, by, written by his daughter, I believe. Was it you who recommended... No, it was somebody else. I remember who it was. Someone was recommending to me a documentary about um, Rwanda. Oof. And because basically, is uh, you know, after, you know, after the Rwandan, uh, you know, genocide... Yes. Pretty much every single person was involved, yeah. either a victim or someone who slaughtered people. Yeah. And they couldn't just lock up half the population. You don't have an economy. You don't have any, you can't run a country with just overnight locking up half the country. Yeah. So basically, and I haven't seen it, but my my friend was telling me about it, and she was like, "Yeah, basically half the country had to forgive the other half of the country for murdering their family in front Oof. of them." And she was like, "Yeah, it's an insane documentary, and I should I should probably I should probably watch watch that." You you know what? Actually, there was a documentary that kind of helped me embrace the idea. Have you seen uh, Have you seen White Right? No. You you need to. Okay. It's, it's uh it's this woman, uh uh um, uh, Dia Khan. Okay. And she was on a podcast that uh, Evan recommended me. Oh. And I love. She's this Muslim woman who was raised in Norway. Okay. And her father was like, "You're a Muslim was you know you're a Muslim woman in a white world. You have two ways to be successful. There's athletics, and there's entertainment." And you have a voice. You're going to be a singer. And he, he he got her to be singing like she was like a preteen singing on Norwegian television. And basically, what happened is she was incredibly talented. But half of you know the the white half of Norway was like, what is this? Was this brown person doing on TV? Right. And then the Muslim community was like, what is a woman doing representing us on television? Uh. And it got so bad that she had to flee Norway pretty much as a child, as a teenager. What? Because it was so hostile. She had to flee to England. Um, and now she's a documentarian and uh, a rights activist. She has, I followed her on Twitter. She has all these, uh, you know, um, all this stuff about, you know, 
like a, a Muslim reform and all these. She has like a community of Muslim women who talk okay. about like rights issues. But she, any rate, regardless, she put this documentary. She has uh, two. I've only seen one. One's about um, basically young men joining ISIS. And the other one, the one I saw, is called White Right. And it's basically her flying out to just talk to Klan's members and, and white, like the heads of white supremacy groups and meeting them and just talking with them. And it was really hard for her. She talks about the process. And she was like, I don't understand. I've screamed at these people. I've, I've you know, I've, you know, uh, kind of gone with that Antifa attitude and and I feel like I'm screaming at a wall and you know she did some interview and it went viral and she got all these rave threats and all these violence threats and all this shit sent to her all these death threats and she's like I'm gonna go to these the leaders of the people who sent me these whoa and just talk to them and towards the end of the interviews with a lot of these people, like a lot of them, I found out, you know, they were like, I'll talk to you for an hour. I have to be able to show my, 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 my flag, my, my new Nazi flag. I got all these conditions, not a second over 60 minutes, yada, yada, yada. And the first one she talked to, she talked to him for like six hours. Whoa. And towards the end, she's like reading, reading them the things that people have sent her, like the, the letters and the tweets and, and she's 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 reading them to him, and you see him look uncomfortable on his face and upset on his face, and like just like he's he's like visibly upset. He's yeah. trying to, but he's visibly upset, and he's and and he's just like I don't I don't want you to to talk to be talked to that you're you're my friend, Dia. Like like, and they, he like he you know, and all <sighs> these men had never met a Muslim woman before, and a lot of. You know, and I saw that, and I was like, and she, I was like, "Fuck, dude!" She went through, she went through hell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she was very angry. She realized it didn't do anything. Yeah, it didn't help her. She didn't connect. She didn't stop anything. Yeah. Then she took a different approach, which was literally the, the, the you would think on a surface level is like really all she did. The most the most effective thing she did was just talk to him, and then they realized like, oh, this is this is fucked up. And one of the one of the you know I don't spoiler alert. Fast forward fifteen seconds, or cover your ears if you don't want to hear this. One of one of the leaders ended up resigning. Whoa, you know, and at one point she asked him like, so you would want me deported right now? If you had the power to do so, and it was like, well, I don't. He got, got uncomfortable. He was like, yeah, I, I, I deport you. It's nothing against you. <laughs> You're very nice, but you know that's that's the cause, and we got to keep the the country white, and yada yada yada. Then in the movie, he skypes in, and he goes, hey, uh, I, you know, there there were a lot of reasons, but the main one was after you know after the conversation with you, and you were very nice. I can, they all said, I consider you a friend. Oh my god! At the end of it. At, at the end of their conversation, they they all did except for like Richard Spencer, because uh, she, she talked to the big ones too. Whoa, Richard Spencer and some other dude I forgot. And they were just they they were so different. They were very menacing. They were very they were just sociopaths. You know, yeah, they, were, these, they had shark eyes. We yes. see it in entertainment all the time. Yeah, we they, see people with shark, shark eyes. eyes. But shark she, eyes. but she was talking about these other people. Like, oh, they were. 
they're doing it for the same reason people are joining ISIS. They're broken and they're sad and they're confused and they're alone. Yeah. And she talked, all she did was talk to him for a couple hours. And they, you know, one of, one of them, you know, not all of them resigned as leaders, but one guy, you know, he agreed to stop terrorizing the mosque. He goes, he goes, you know, I, you know, you know, after hanging out with her for a while, she went with them as he like threw, um, you know, all these like anti-Semitic pamphlets around a Jewish neighborhood around Yom Kippur, whatever the Jewish holiday is, yada, yada. And, uh. Um, and, uh, you know, she told me like, ah, you know, does it change your mind at all that it makes me very sad that you're doing this? And by the end of that conversation, he didn't, you know, he didn't leave the organization, but he, he said, like, I'll stop messing with the mosque and the Muslims because you're the first Muslim I ever talked to. And so, you know, I guess, I guess I was wrong about the Muslims, but I'll never break bread with a Jew. And then when he checks back and with her, he was like, you know, I'm still, I'm still believing this, but I'm going to talk to, I'm going to talk to a Jew. Like, and so, yeah. and, and I, I was watching this. There's a reason I brought up this documentary. Yeah. Well, cause of forgive you're in the research phase of forgiveness. That's, you're, you're, yeah. you're, that's where you're at is you're in the right. research phase. But you're, I was you're like, figuring yeah. out like what the, how to develop that muscle by watching yeah. other people exercise and, it. And this is, this is, you know, uh, this is, Really, you know, this this brokenness and isolation and joining these these toxic communities, this is what's destroying our country right now. Yes. And this is a woman who does not live in this country. She lives in, in England right now. Yeah. But she got a lot of these threats, and she was curious, and she was in Charleston at the march when that woman got ran over, and she saw- Fuck. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a really- Watch this documentary- and she decided to go and talk to the people that that represent they're the faces of what hurt her. Yeah. And she decided, and and to a degree, even though the, the, I'm sure she still had some anger. Like I, I'm not her. I can't speak for her. Yeah. I'm sure she still had fear and anger and all of this. You have to let a let, hit a certain level of forgiveness just to have that conversation, to be genuine enough for people to you, you know what I mean? Because yeah. you go in with the wrong attitude, you go in combatant or you go in whatever with that person that you know. And she talked about they feed off of it and they you that's energy for them. Yeah. But if you go in with compassion, yeah, then there you can develop a connection, and the connection is what. You know, and I was like, well, if she can do that, you know, she got chased away from her home country. She got, she's been threatened and the horrible things to her. And she found a way to be like, okay. Cause she very easily could have been like, you know, uh, fuck white people. I hope they all die. And it, it, you know, that would yeah. bum me out, but I'd be like, I get, get it. it. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, and she, she, she had to forgive them and the, the, you know, and at the end of the day, she made by doing that, she made the world uh, a, a better place. And you know, and yeah, that 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 documentary weirdly kind of when I saw it, I was like, it kind of did make me go. I need okay, I need to get there. I don't know how. Okay, there was I, I, now I'm talking about the documentary too much. No, what I'm gonna do? I, I there's some like audiobooks I'll send you the links to just to like that talk about forgiveness yeah. Like, because it, for me, it was such a process of, it was a, it took me eight years of being in recovery to understand the process of forgiveness. And a lot of it had to do with forgiving myself. Like I, you know how you talked about like, and, um, 
uh, the emotional understanding versus the intellectual understanding. Right. I emotionally understood I didn't cause. I I intellectually understood I didn't cause my father's death, right. and I emotionally believed I did. Yeah, and I couldn't reach a moment like I couldn't reach a moment of forgiveness because I had never said it out loud. Right. And the first time I said it was my first experience with therapy, which is why so many people try to evangelize therapy because their first experience is usually like very big and powerful. Now it's very funny because I go into the therapist and I go, listen, I'm not a first year girl. You need to understand. I was my grandmother's therapist, all this stuff. I've been through a bunch of therapy. Your first five plays might not be the first five plays you should use on me because mama, I've tried. So like, I'm very like, I go in with a very like, you need to be aware that I'm aware of what you're going to do. Right. So, um, it's, uh, it's a very, but that first, that first experience was that admission and it's, it was the core of why I could never forgive other people because I could never forgive myself. Yeah. And my actions in and um and it's a, a thing that I still super duper struggle with and but I actively choose to not super duper struggle with I make it a priority to um to get into a space of forgiveness when there's a resentment. Yeah. And I don't think people understand that about me because there is sometimes like I'm listening to that and I'm like, God, I could have been better. Like I, when, when, when those proud boys showed up to see me do stand up, it's like my favorite bit to do because it's so fun. It takes the power out of that, that inclination. But there was a part of me that was like, I do not want to be fetishized by a community because I am a brown woman who can, who's 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 been whitewashed to such a degree that now they're comfortable around me right and um and i wasn't too might have them being you know they're they're trolls at the same time it was very it was i will never know because i i kind of i was i went on instagram where they reached out to me and i said hey you know just so you know because one of them knew me from orange county Uh which was fascinating um and i was like well, just so you know, like your views are not what I agree with. Yeah. So I'm gonna end this conversation just because I don't, I, I, I don't like that energy that was brought to that situation. And now I'm thinking like, maybe I should have been like, I don't know why you have those views, but maybe I should have more open arms as far as like, you know, I, I don't know what that situation was about. But, right. you know, like, so, so again, forgiveness is like, it's a process and it's an experience and it's, um, and it's something that we all succeed and fail at simultaneously. Yeah. And it's not, it's messy and it's, and it's hard, but right. I think that it's such an important thing to have a frank and open conversation about because it's definitely not, I mean, there are people in my family that do, I have a sister that is got a resentment against me about some shit. My dad said the day I was born hasn't talked to me in over 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, so like that's a kind of, that's the kind of thing that we're battling in this country is we're battling like on real levels, connections being severed because people don't know how to practice forgiveness and and understand that it is a practice. Oh yeah. No, it's, uh, it's 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 difficult. It, it's for sure. It's yeah. it's like it's not it's not an easy thing to do. And yeah, forgiving forgiving yourself for stuff 
as yeah. well. I mean, that it, it adds a bunch of layers. A lot of times, you you're not you know it's it's hard to admit to yourself that there's something to to forgive. You know what I mean? There's a lot yes. of denial. Yes. Uh, what is my fifty percent? Right. Right. You know. Um, so yeah, it's it's really difficult, and I you know. I think I'm a lot more aware of, you know, what I'm angry at and who I'm angry at, you know, but at the same time, like, I think, you know, it it also boils down to a lot of my anger is just like, it's how society treats a certain group of people, you know, the the, the mentally, the mentally, you know, because there's, there's mentally unwell and there's mentally ill, you know, and people are dying in both of those categories. Yes. You know, it's horrible for both of those categories. But the mentally unwell, now they're they're getting some attention. They're getting some care. They're getting some attention. Yeah. And and that's great. I'm very happy about that. I think stigma for the mentally ill, for the psychotic, for, I think it's gotten worse. Because I think it's it's the scapegoat for the news on school yes. shootings. Yes. Uh, it's the way it's publicized yeah, in film. For sure not all the guns everywhere. Yeah, well, it's not, even, it's not even that. It's just like a lot of those people weren't actually, like, that's the first thing they go to. They start bringing up the, the you know, the uh, the mental health, the right. mental health, the mental health. Right. And then they find out, you know, there's there's actually, you know, it's only, it's only I think, it's, uh, throughout all the mass shootings in all of American history, only 22% were... Uh, uh, had, were were um, either diagnosed or would have had the qualifications to be diagnosed bipolar or schizophrenic or, right. or the, you know the things they always go to. Yeah, it's only twenty two percent that fit that category, which is still high. I will admit that's still right. high. But at the same time, the way the news goes about, you know, I think it was the Vegas shooter. They immediately, I remember, they brought up. All the different, well, his mental health, this, and then you gotta get, or maybe it wasn't the, it was one of the shooters, but they kept bringing it up. And then after a long, after, you know, six months later, they're like, oh, yeah, we, there was nothing. There was just, yeah. they just did it. Yeah. Uh, that was once they said, yeah, there was nothing. Right. There was months of them talking about, you know, and it, so I really do think stigma for that category is at one of the worst points it's ever been at because there's no one you know people don't want to take people don't want to admit there's some people are just bad right some people are just evil yeah people want reason people want can people want to know why right and the reality is is that's not that's not always going to be there you know, uh, and so when they can't find it, I, th- I think that's the first, the you know, the first thing that, that people go to is like, oh, well, he's crazy. He's he's just, you know, he's insane, right. you know. Uh, and so you see that and then you see the way, you know, homeless people are treated, you know, the, the fact that bum fights was a, you know, you know that exists, that, that, yeah. that existed very recently. That wasn't, that wasn't some 1800 shit. That was mm-hmm. what? What was that? Still being people were making those what six years ago, seven years yeah. ago? You know, that's it, it's 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 fucking it's fucking crazy to me. You know, uh, and just in in you know in general, you know, and the before Reagan, there was mental health care facilities for those people. Yes, and he got rid of them all. Yes, and that was bad for those people. It was also bad for 
the state. It was bad for the community. It was bad for so many reasons because when you yeah. put anybody who can't take care of themselves in a position uh, where they're desperate, crime is going to raise. Right. So I don't think, you know, people talk about, well, mental, it's all getting better. Right. And I go, no, some things are. Yeah. De- treatment for depression. Treatment yeah. for, for the, you know, those things. Those things are getting better. Oh, yeah. But to have someone with 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 a history of psychosis, now is the worst time to 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 have that. If you're a someone who has that who's nonviolent, which is statistically a vast majority, right? Especially for ones that have not used narcotics, it is it is it's 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 horrible. You see it in movies all the time, horror movies. I was watching Bird Box. With, uh, with I haven't seen that yet. I was told I should watch it because it's like, like Jared was like, you got to watch it because it's like, it's crazy. But like, it's fine. He, yeah, that's kind of what he said. He was, he was like, it's fine. You're going to get a laugh when you shouldn't get a laugh occasionally in the movie. Right. Yeah. It's, it's fine. And there was, <laughs> there was, you know, because the whole thing is like, ah, oh, if you see it, then you, 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 you go crazy and yeah. you kill yourself. And there are these people who, uh, uh, you know they're not you know they 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 don't kill themselves hmm. i'm like oh those those are in this those are going to be the mentally unwell people and keith goes no they wouldn't do that and i go yeah they are and yeah. he's and he, he's just kind of looking at me <laughs> keith has such a plausible deniability for keith, like garbage keith, shit well, sometimes keith, <laughs> keith, keith wants, he's like no he wants to see he wants to see the good in the world he really does he really he, and that's yeah. one of the reasons i love him is he yeah. doesn't he doesn't you know that's why sometimes i'm like that person's a piece of shit he's like i don't i don't think so yeah I think he's just yeah having a hard time that day. you know he yeah. always gives people the benefit always of the doubt. more so than me which is fascinating more so than i think anybody yeah. i know and yeah you know and i also i also you know that's one of the th- things i love about him is you know he 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 he, he, I don't think that's a bad quality. No, but he's no. also heard me rant about this a bunch. Yeah. So now he understands why. Right. Me calling my shot. He goes, he goes and I think in his head is like, I right, that that's that's you know. And we talked about it afterwards, and he was kind of like, yeah, I would have never thought about how kind of fucked up that is. Yeah. Before I started talking that's, to you about it, that's the equivalent of like when you see a you see a movie, for example, and all of the bad people are people of color yeah oh no i notice it yeah yeah it's 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 weird right right it's a there is and you see it on television a lot like you know it's it's the same thing it's stigmatization of a population that is it's othering somebody right right and it's it's very difficult to and i'm just like you know through brouhaha i'm learning obviously those the, the two other women are far more good at the language of woke than right. i am they speak woke right and so, at the same time well and at the same time it's good to not speak that language because yes. the people who speak that language already understand everything you know what i mean yeah they, they already digest the concept right yeah. and speaking woke to someone who doesn't understand what the problem is that's just a barrier of communication right you know, yeah you know? not that there's anything wrong with knowing the terms that's not what i'm saying here right? yeah it's but it's, it's good to have people who who don't yeah, yeah exactly yeah we're it's 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 a fascinating kind of kind of thing but yeah i see it the same i love that you brought up that stigmatization and that that's the thing you really you want to seek forgiveness on. 
Yeah, and it's really hard when it continues to happen. Yeah, I mean, I even feel like, and we'll get into this like amends thing. What's yeah, that the, was that was that was what I meant. That was yeah. the direction I was trying to get to. Like, what's that's the weirdest? What makes it hard for me to to that, it, every time it makes me angrier and angrier and angrier. It makes yeah, it harder. And then when you know I speak about it, and there I can see people judge me for it instead of who I'm presenting myself right now. You know, they hear yeah. these these these. For lack of a better term, they're trigger words to people. They're trigger words for danger. You know, it's yeah. not. It's not. You know, uh, it's not a racial slur or or you know, you know, screaming uh, screaming about rape on stage. It, it, but uh, they hear psychosis. They hear psych ward. They hear these words, and it's trigger for danger. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. And that is, that is, it's, it's, you know, uh, it's, it's not, it's for some people and for the people, if they were raised in, you know, with an abusive parent who had some sort of form of that kind of mental illness that I understand. And you're, you're not the per you know, that's, that, that's different, you know, that's, yeah. or someone hurt you who has like that, right. that's not what I'm talking about, but there's a bunch of people who don't have any you know, and they don't know and they hear on the news and they're being taught that this is something to fear. Well, and even, I know even in our, and maybe this might be the weird amends, but like, I know even in our own friendship, there have been moments, there was a moment where um, we were talking about moving in together, you know, getting a place together so you wouldn't have to sleep in a kitchen or a spider (laughs) dungeon. Um, And, and, uh, and I fumbled that so fucking hard. Was, someone got in my ear and was like, you know, basically like with your background and your work history, you don't want to live with somebody who's not on medication for that kind of thing. Yeah. And I fumbled it so fucking hard and and handled it with, I was trying to handle it with care. But I remember your reaction to that was so... I don't remember this conversation. It was a long time ago. It yeah. was a long time ago. And you were, you were really upset. And I, and you know, and, and, and I'm well, so grateful you don't remember it, but <laughs> I, I remember it and I, you know, and, and I, I honestly have to tell you like, you know, how can I make that right? You know, well, like, I, did, I don't remember. You know, okay. Beautiful. Okay. Well, we'll forget about it. But I mean, yeah, but I really, I, I mean, I honestly, I had one of those and I guess maybe that's the thing is like, I'm, I'm letting you know, I'm that a person with that kind of background who's worked with people. Right. Or, right. You know, we're experiencing a certain, a mental unwellness. Yeah. And I definitely came at you the wrong way. And, and I am so sorry because I value your experience and, and I trust what you say. Like, I know when there are moments like you're pretty articulate with the people around you when you're not well. Yeah. You, I you mean, know? I am and I'm not, I, what, what I will do is I'm pretty, I mean, at least I have in the past been very willing to be like, all right, well, this isn't working time to time to, 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 you do a lot of inside outside stuff. Like you don't want to be an indoor guy. So suddenly you're like kind of outside. Remember we all went to oil can Harry's. You were just like outside, <laughs> but we all went outside with you. We were like, okay, let's go hang out with Tom. Like yeah, Tom's yeah. an outside guy today. <laughs> I know. I know if I know at a certain point, if it hits critical mass, I always check myself into a hospital. Yeah. 
or well, I shouldn't say always. Other times, I try to kill myself, but like, it's one or it's one or the other. Well, I think I think you have a support system around you. Um, you have people, and trusting that support system is really important. You have a family that you can ask for help, and they immediately show up. You have friends that you know show up for you yeah no no i i I do and i'm very i'm very you know i'm very lucky uh and you trust when you need it you trust it because i know that inside your brain i know the inside the brain of somebody experiencing that they believe nobody will come and help them yeah yeah no it's but you fight that and i i I fight it and sometimes i fight it too late and i've already done some damage you know it's yeah you know i i try to i always you know, and I'll, I'll like, I'm I'm trying to be as you know honest as possible. I get I get the points where you know I definitely don't. I I start shutting people out, but I don't. You know, uh, I I you know I in terms of in general, I've tried to leave my carbon footprint on other people's lives as light as possible. Interesting. What an interesting way to put that. You know, I, I, I don't, and it's a lot of it is out of the fear. Cause I always fear that I'm going to kind of, for lack of a better term, relapse back into that. So yeah. for a long time, I was very paranoid to get close with people because I didn't want anyone, you know, that just knowing. So, you know, I don't want to bum people out if I fall back in that world and, there's also this, there is this kind of thing where it's like, oh, okay, if I fall back into being psychotic all the time, there's nothing anybody can do. And I don't want other people to witness it because there's nothing they can do. That's just going to make them sad. That's not going to, that's just going to hurt them if they right. care about me, you know. And I don't want to do that to anybody. So. There's, you know, I don't, so I put up these walls and I don't, I, I don't, you know, uh, I don't let people do that, right. you know, and it's only until recently, and this is a big, and be, beginning to change is like, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, maybe commit connecting with people and being, having more friends and getting close with more people will yeah. allow me to and people it's so interesting because people tell me they feel close to me all the time and it's very rare where i feel it back to to them you know uh mm. and you know um then i care about them but i you know i feel and and i i don't know if they if they feel it but i feel like i understand them but i always feel like and i feel like and they tell me that I oh you understand where I'm coming from and I get where you're coming from but I don't feel like they understand what I've been through if that makes sense yeah and I, once again none of this I, I don't, I'm not saying I'm right or wrong it's just how I you know how I yeah. feel if that makes sense and so uh yeah so yeah my solution was to you know not you know have as as little meaningful connections as is possible, you know. But that also doesn't work for getting better because you want to. You got to be connected, right? Yeah, yeah. No, and it's it's really you know because and there's also you know there's like there's like I have like nine different walls and you know uh you know my roommates Connor they've they've buried they've they've had to dig they've had to to, to fucking mortar their way through most of them. <laughs> 
because <laughs> I'm not an easy person to work with, you know, and it's not just that we do a podcast. We also live. You live, live together. You do creative projects together. You tour together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like li- it's living with your bandmates, you know, it's, yeah. it's you guys the, are a little family. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the way in the way we we do it is as much is it's about as close as comedy can get to touring in a punk band. You know what I yeah. mean? I live six feet above Keith and four feet away from Connor. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? I live, yeah. you know, and you know, and, but there was a lot of, even just them with all the, the things we had to do together. I had all, I, you know, I, I kept all this distance with them. Yeah. And then over, over the years, you know, that's dissolved. And I think it's both made it a, a, a better podcast. And it's like, it's the first time we're like, since I was, you know, since I was young, we're like, I felt like, uh, you know, uh, oh, I have really close friends. Yeah. You know, and, you know, it's in, and, you know, and uh, I, I want to, you know, I want to, I'm trying, I'm trying to, to grow in that way. And in terms of, in terms of, you know, your, you know, you, you apologizing, uh, <laughs> you don't have to, for, for the, yeah, no, it's, there's, there's, you know, I don't, I don't re- remember. And it's also a thing where like, I, I also, cause I got mad at a bunch of people for a bunch of things. Yeah. And there was another time where I cro- I fully crushed your boundaries. And I, I made amends in that moment. I was like, how can I make this right? And I, and I, and I understood too, that there was the way to make it right was to give you the space. You yeah, know. and I don't even remember what you're talking good, about. If good, good, I'm glad. I'm being <laughs> honest. I, you know, and I, I think I've already apologized for this. I remember I have turned into Mark Maron on this podcast. <laughs> I'm just like airing out all my sins. But, I, but it, off there, I want to know what you're talking <laughs> about. Because <laughs> I'm for no, sure. No, I don't want to make sure, you be bad. No, I for sure forgive you. Uh, I'm in a different place. Well, no, and I also, I know. I'm not, I'm not faultless either. Because uh, I, I remember. Uh, uh, you know, I we 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 met up to write, and you were all excited. <laughs> this is like this is like four years ago. You were all excited about this 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 dude you had just seen oh, or something. I was being so stupid. And, yeah, but so was I. And I you was were, a, you were you were you were excited, stupid. I was an asshole, stupid. I was like, I need hey, I need to write, and you're talking about this dude. And I'm like, I want to write, and you're talking about this dude. Yeah, and then you're talking about a dude like you know, you're we're friends. You're talking, you're excited about a guy. I should be like, okay, I'll hold off from writing for thirty minutes so that she could talk about this so dude she's excited clear about. Clear the cash to get right. so I can start writing. Yeah, and instead yeah. I just start yelling at you in the middle of a Denny's <laughs> about how you were wasting my time and that I needed, you know, and that was an, that was an asshole move on it my was part. Such a strange. It's sort no. I've again, sames. I fully, I fully forgive. It was yeah, such a funny. Was, we the fact that we can laugh about that kind of thing now is like it's. It was oh, such a I, strange I re- time. I remember. I remember what you were what you were referring to earlier, and I I forgive you, and I appreciate the we apology, were, and I I completely believe that was not malicious, and we were all just in this very. Um, I think we were enamored with our profession to such a degree that we were all a little high. Yeah. That makes any sense. No, such a fervor and such a addiction to it. Absolutely. And And we're also uh, hyper uh, agitated. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, you know, at that, at that point I was also hyper paranoid. You know, I was about to lose somebody. 
And I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know, uh, yeah, it's a whole thing, you know, you know, and that's, that's part of the, re- you know, it's actually part of the reason I stopped doing roast battle in general is like, oh, my stand up is getting less vulnerable. Yeah. And that's where I, my best material, the material that people, yes. both the material that drives people away and drives people to me comes from a vulnerable place. Yeah. And I can't worry about, and it's different when you're telling a joke about something that you went through yeah. and when someone else is doing a joke about it is when you're doing a joke about something that really sucked, it's you taking some sort of control on the subject. Yes. If that makes sense. That's why yes. people are like, oh, you can make jokes about your thing, but I can't make jokes about your thing. No. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> That's it's, how it's that different. works, buddy. It's like, yeah, I'm... <laughs> I'm trying to. This is this is you're you're you're, you're taking some you know you're yeah. trying to take some some control of it and you're trying to you're trying to understand it in order to be a comedian. I think you constantly have to be working on on growing. You know. Yeah. Once you stop growing as a person, once you stop, you know, understanding ways to grow and your flaws, and once you stop having that mentality, you I think you die, you die. And I'm a young comic in the grand scheme of things. And I'm You've been young, doing comedy for a really long time, though. It's only like I only count the last five years okay. uh, in terms of in terms of like how long I've been doing it. Because the first time I ever went up, I was I was 14. It was at a Buddhist talent show. You know, I went up, I went up like twice a year. Everyone clapped like, with bells. <laughs> from like 14 to 20, I went up like, you know, uh, you know, like a couple times a year. Yeah. So it's like, that doesn't, that shit, that, that, that doesn't, I feel like that's unfair to me to count that towards my time. And, you, you know, so it's like. Right. But I, you know. But so we, you're both, you and I both shared the, a level of intensity Oh yeah, it. I was yeah. Literally. I definitely encourage you to be a psycho about it when you first the <laughs> most and you yeah. I was the I was the worst person for. It's for all we could think about. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. It's I'm all obsessive. we could think about I'm almost obsessive. all the time. Me too. I was. Yeah. It was the same. It was the same thing. And that's why I I've never I never took offense to that situation because I got it. Like I got. Oh, I I'm, felt I felt bad for a long that, time after that. Oh, we're such big. We're such big guilt people. Oh yeah, everything. <laughs> you and I were oh everything. We were, it's the other person's just yeah. like I forgave you a hundred years ago. Yeah, Calm I, down. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> most of my skin is made of guilt. <laughs> 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 is this plaque on your teeth or guilt yeah, what is it jeez it's coming out of everywhere right yeah that's what my yeah i sweat shame i <laughs> <laughs> what is <laughs> yeah so but no it's yeah it's, <coughs> but I, I felt you know i i, I felt uh yeah, absolutely. You know, and I also, I, well, I also. Let's, let's just both like let it go. Yeah, I feel like we both did. We both did little, little, little yeah. things that yeah. we later regretted. That definitely, you know, yeah. we we both, yeah, we both regretted it. Both bugged the other person. Yeah. And overall, you know, I think I said this to you like uh, a couple months ago. Where I was like, yeah, we're both we're both more mature comedians and adults, and we're we're yeah. both we've we've both grown. Yeah. We we can be we can be closer friends again, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I realized what was confusing for a lot of people at that time, like tearing up a little bit, is that I am an adult, mm-hmm. but I was a very immature comedian, right? And that those two things would collide in ways that were unfortunate, right? 
where, and, and I'm, and I, it is my job to take responsibility for my 50% and to not try to control the situation by making it me being a hundred percent, you know uh, what I mean? And, yeah. and to give those people space and, and not try to, cause there's a part of me, I struggled with this for a long time where, because I could never forgive myself, I would make myself the, I would make myself, it was all the, me. The, it was all me. Yeah. And if I just fix me, then you're going to be okay. Right. Right. And yeah. No, I've done that with a bunch of people. Doesn't fucking work. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it has to be a, a Ray Camacho said it on this podcast. He says, my 50% is this. And that has given me so much peace and so much. And sometimes it's made things really difficult because sometimes my 50% is I say, I fucked up. How do I make it right? The person tells me and then I, their 50% is they need time. Yeah. And they have to deal with their resentment and, and that whole thing. And it's like, that's the hard part to sit through. Yeah. 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 And I, I could also, I don't, I don't, I don't remember, I don't remember that, you know, that spe- specific thing about, you know, the, 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 the apartment and it does, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you were worried about me getting mad again, I'm not. I know. I yeah, just, it's, uh, it's just that thing about, you know, the process of, to get, to loop it back around to the process of forgiveness is it's very, I had to go through and experience a lot of the things that I just shoved in a, clo- a, a, a a brain closet and just right. been like, those are things I'm never going to look at again. And I had to relive them. And it was one of the hardest things I had to do in my life. And then it was like one day I woke up and I didn't feel resentment about those things. I had forgiven those people, yeah. but I had to go back and examine it and I had to forgive them and I had to forgive me. Right. And sometimes forgiving me was just the admission that I was a kid and I wasn't in control. Right. It's like, I blame myself for some shit that like seven, six, eight years old. And it's like, I was like, I was like, I would never expect a seven year old to withstand that level of responsibility. Right, Why would I expect right, that of right, myself? Right. You know? Yeah. And, um, so that was like a big process of it. Yeah. But no, absolutely. I, I think one of the things that also helps me, especially on a daily basis is totaling up the wins. And it's like, with all that stuff, with all the, with all the aftermath, so many comedians, especially store affiliated comedians are so affected by Brody. Yeah. His passing. And it was, I was talking to Caitlin today and I said, but you know what? Sometimes we got to total up the wins and you know, there are people in our lives that have struggled with mental health that are making, that have, that are doing great. And I said, have you seen Tom lately? Tom's doing fucking great. You know, like, like, what is it that you do on a daily basis to maintain? Because it's like, I know that you, 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 you're, you know, you, you see people revile or at least react to this, the term psychosis. You haven't experienced psychosis in how long? It's been four years. Four years. Yeah. And you have really. Maybe five now. Yeah. And you've really, and, and depression, how you doing there? Oh, I'm still, I'm still pretty, I'm still pretty depressed a lot of time. But I'm. But you're but, doing the things. But yeah, I'm, I'm. Uh, it's I'm not, I'm not constantly there, or I used to be constantly yeah. there. I, I have really bad episodes, but it used to just be a real bad life of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's definitely. And you've had better. a lot of fucking shit happen in the last few years where people would be rightfully depressed. Yeah, there's a there's a lot. <laughs> 
a lot of insane shit has happened the last couple yeah. of years. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's been it's been you know uh, it's been it's been a it's been a weird it's been a weird. There's also it's it's hilarious. There's some shit after the podcast. There's some shit that uh, that uh, I'm, I'm a, I have to tell you. Yeah. About but uh, but yeah. This, <laughs> we'll spill the tea. The yeah, off podcast yeah, tea. Yeah. yeah it's, but um, yeah. It's I I don't I don't. You know, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of. Right now, there's a lot of you know. It goes back to the, uh, you know, the the growth thing. I think is important. I think a lot of it also. My dad gave me really good advice, mm-hmm. and it was actually about prayer. And I've been trying to apply that okay. to my life, even though I don't. What's weird is there. There've been there've been a, 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 every once in a while I'll. I'll all uh, the last couple of weeks, I've I've done some Buddhist prayers, mm. just individually. I'll never jo- rejoin the organization, but just I, I don't know what it is, I, but I have. But I, I, he gave me a piece of advice that I think is true to life and and stand up is what you know. When I was uh, uh, the summer of going into seventh grade, I was really depressed. Um, the school. That I went to the year before, they were they didn't they didn't have a seventh grade, and you know, uh, I was because it was a charter school, so it was oh. free, but it was you know it wasn't typical education. I was, I, I you know my parents didn't really want me to go to public school, and then there were money issues for a private school, and like right. there were all these different issues. And so my dad's like, all right, we're chanting an hour a day every day. And we're chanting. And one of the first or second weeks of it, we're, we're chanting. You know, we're saying, I'm yawning. I'm yawning. We're going. And he looks at me and he stops. And I stop. And I kind of look at him. And he starts again. And I start again. And he stops. And then I stop. And he looks at me and I look at him. He doesn't say anything. He starts again, and I start again, and he keeps going. And finally, he stops, and I stop. He looks at me. and goes, "Why are you fucking begging?" <laughs> and, huh. I, and I was like, "What?" And he was like, "We're not Christian. We don't beg. Huh. When you're when you're praying, you're taking what you want and you're shooting it into the universe. You are fighting for what you want right now." You are making it clear what you want, and you and you say it with force and with intent. He goes, and then the thing that he specifically said that I will never forget. He goes, if you were about to charge into a lion's den, if you had to charge, if you were you had to charge into a lion's den, the it's the lion's home. Yeah. If you're gonna go in and you're gonna get tiptoed, that lion will fucking eat you. Wow. If you go in screaming unapologetically, fighting for to, to, to kill that lion, you may be eaten by the lion, but you have such a better chance of, of killing that lion. Okay. So never be- fight for what, you know, um, don't go in with a begging, don't go in for an asking, go in with a salt, like, like, you know, and... I don't have that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think sometimes when I'm what's interesting is when I'm on when I'm having my best sets on stage, I think I have that energy. Yeah. 
I've seen it. Yeah, that's where I perform best. Yeah. But trying to live with that that energy, you know, of of I, I don't know why animal abuse had to be a part of the story. <laughs> But in general, you know, but it, it's it's true. If you if you you know live in a way that's you know um, that and me remembering that and me trying that, that that it's a little thing, but it it does it does help. Yeah, you know, what I mean, is don't don't leave yourself at the mercy of your surroundings. Which is what I see you doing. You not not that's what you're doing. What you're fighting against is right. you. You are exercising. You stick to your yeah. dietary stuff. You're. I'm you're really trying. Yeah. Working on getting sleep. You're. You know when you're not doing sketches till forever in the morning. You know what I mean. <laughs> but like you're maintaining commitment. You're fighting past the the everything in your brain that tells you to disconnect from people. You're fighting past that. You're. Yeah. You're. I know it's uncomfortable to hear somebody reflect back all of the positive things you're doing for yourself. Oh, it makes me so uncomfortable. I'm so sorry I'm doing <laughs> no, this. Fine, I know it makes you uncomfortable, <laughs> but you are you like you are to total up the wins, you are fucking crushing it. Like yeah, you're really I, I still, doing great. I still fuck up quite a bit, but you know, it's it's you know, it's part of it is just being like, you know, you're gonna fuck up sometimes. Yeah. It's, you're gonna you're gonna fail. You know, uh, that was that was one thing that my therapist was was right about is, you know, it's little things, too, is, you know, little things like, oh, you know, uh, it's something this is a weird thing to, 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 to say, but, you know, I think I mentioned earlier is like allowing yourself to have fun for some people yes. some people that's not a problem at all some people it's allowing themselves to be serious and gent you know yes. but, but for me it's allowing myself to be like oh cool you, you know uh you know that that uh, me trying to do that you know and also just like and honestly yeah part of me is 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 not you know i, I i'm very i'm very i try to not beat the shit out of myself yeah anymore. Which is, which is, you know, another, you know, uh, it's always funny because my dad, you know, he's very, he's, my dad's, my, my dad's one of the greatest people I ever know, yeah. but he's also got a huge temper and he was a yeller. <laughs> Even when it was positive thing and encouraging, he would just scream it. It was like aggressively so there was, positive. Yeah. I remember one time I was like, why the fuck are you always beating yourself up? <laughs> <laughs> I had a sponsor. Stop doing that. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to rephrase that in a kinder way. I had a sponsor who said, used to say, um, stop beating up on my friend Anna. I love her and she doesn't right. deserve it. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that's the same, but it's the yeah. same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. My dad once screamed. My dad was the same way. My dad once screamed at me. I was like, our door would stick because it would be, we were lived in a place that was extremely hot and extremely cold, depending on the type of the year. Uh, and so we would, the door would stick in the summertime because it would expand and I couldn't get all the, I'm like eight years old and I can't get out of this fucking house. So I'm just like, Arr! like I've got that energy just out like, I can't get out of the house. And my dad yelled at me from his armchair, be patient. <laughs> and I just looked at him. I'm like eight years old. And I said, really? And he went, just be patient. And I was like, 
Okay, dad. <laughs> and then I just like walked out. I was just like, I was like a sassy eight year old. I was like, yeah. did you just hear yourself <laughs> <laughs> screaming at me to be patient? You weirdo. Yeah. That's, yeah, that sounds, that sounds like some shit my dad would do too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my dad, my dad's, my dad's, you know, my both my parents are great. They, you know, different strengths, different weaknesses. But it sounds like yeah. my dad, my dad has, you know, the 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 wisdom of a, you know, a bodhisattva, but packaged like an angry German punk man from the seventies. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that's that's where you get that like punk rock rebel kind of a spirit. Yeah, 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 no, it's, you know, and then, you know, and my mom, my mom is, you know, my mom's a very, you know, very, uh, she's a very, very caring person, you know, uh-huh. a very caring person too. And, you know, they both, that's, and that's one thing, you know, I always try to remember and why I'm, I'm very grateful that throughout, you know, all the shit I was just talking about, you know, it's like they, I saw so many parents give up on their kids for so much less, you know, I watched mm-hmm. them, I watched them blame it on the kids and walk out during visiting hours for shit that you know was just a lot of it was just extreme extremes of what you know people in high school go through you know everyone goes through they just dealt with the extreme ends and then i'm over here the doctors are telling them you know and i've i've you know i have issues with my parents sure but at the end of the day i always remember like the doctors i found this out within the last year you know i didn't know this i didn't know this you know uh when we first started i had no idea i think this is with it maybe about a year ago my dad told me that they were encouraging him to send me to both my parents to a, a permanent mental health care facility oh man Several doctors are telling me, you know, and and that's one, th- you know, uh, he, he, my, my dad may, may, may be angry sometimes, but, you know, he, I guess he told them to fuck themselves and walked out of the doctor's <laughs> office, you know. So that's your Oscar award winning movie like <laughs> moment where your dad's like, no. Oh, yeah. He was, yeah, yeah, you know, but it's, so it's, 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 you know, at the, at the at the end of the, you know at the end of the day I'm 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 very you know I because I've talked about a lot of things I have issues with but at the end of the day I, I not everyone had you know I you know I had I had people you know people in my corner and that you know I looked throughout all yeah. that I lost all my friends I didn't you know I had you know uh, uh I kept things from so many people because I was worried, and they all knew there was something wrong with me, yeah. you know. But at the end, you know, you know, uh, they, you know, they they stuck with it, to, you know, through the whole thing. Uh, when every medical professional told them that that was a waste of time, and that even in if I, I know this at the time, but I found it later, like it could switch at any point, and then it's dangerous for you, right? And they're like, no, it's not gonna. Yeah. And they were right, you know, but they didn't, you know, they didn't, I mean, they say they knew that, but the reality is they didn't know that, you know? Yeah. You know, uh, so I, I'm, I'm very lucky and very thankful for that. And yeah. I just, just because I've talked about all the issues that yeah. I have that are negative, I also wanted to bring up, you know, yeah. you know, the, 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 the two people that never, you know, yeah. The, you know, they had a lot of opportunities to make me someone else's problem, and I would not be here if they had. Yeah. You know. 
Exactly. So I, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to bring that up too. Aww. Yeah, yeah. I love you, Mama Goss and Daddy Goss. Yeah, they're great. They're great. <laughs> they're both crazy, and I say that with all the love in the world. They're both fucking nuts. And I met them. They're fun. Nuts. They're, <laughs> yeah, but they're they're genuinely good people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're good humans. Yeah. Oh, you you, you have met? Them? I have. Remember when you had the It's a Grind show? Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, met them yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. My dad, my dad loves comedy. My dad loves stand up. My dad, uh, actually, after my because my last my last suicide attempt, I was I was twenty. I was I think I was tw- I think I was twenty one. Yeah. Uh, that's when I was I was doing comedy. Yeah, that was after the. I now this is before we knew each other. I knew you just this was, after this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was after you got in a fight out with an anchor bar, right? No, in a fight at a party. Oh yeah! Oh, that's you right. got it. The what, fight I, of the was party. Was my face all fucked up when you first no, met me? No, no, okay. it was just after this, and it was just after. It was literally just after this. Yeah. So everybody yeah. had this sort of. It was fascinating because everybody had this sort of like, "We're so happy Tom is back around," but everybody was just sort of like watching because you yeah, went to a, a little, real dark a, place. A little nervous. <laughs> yeah, there was like a like an air of nervousness, and I was just yeah. like, "No, Tom's great." Like, what? What are you talking about? And then and then somebody explained it to me. Either I think it was uh, Pupa. You, everybody just explained to me that you had just overcome like a very scary episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty. You know, that was that was because uh, my girlfriend at the time, the time. This is when, the end of my first relationship is when I started getting up again. Yeah, and I was still kind of in and out. That's why it kind of popped up and disappeared, popped up and disappeared, and that era. Because I was having, I was having psychotic break. I've showed you the, the little. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've seen know. it. Mm-hmm. That was that was you know that was about five years ago. You know. As, yeah. As more recent, I'd like to admit, and then uh, you branded. It, it, uh, if you're listening, he branded his skin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was no. I I I cut out that symbol. Oh, you cut the symbol out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then. Uh, you know that's something. I I wish I wish I could talk to her because that's a, that's a that's a fucked up thing for her to walk in on. Is just me ch- carving out chunks of my arm. A girl walked in on this. My girlfriend at the time did. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. 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 And then uh, yeah, with the potato knife. Ah. This arm ain't a potato. <laughs> Oh my God! You had them russet potato arms. Yeah, yeah, Oof. yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. She, so she she took off, which is un- at the time I was very hurt by it. I was like, no, looking back, like, yeah, of course, yeah. that's she was scared and young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, you know, yeah, yeah. No, and I I feel bad that she had to to you know deal with how crazy I you know how crazy I was, but uh, you know. Yeah, and then like it, you know, it, it, we, you know, so I was, yeah, I, I tried to kill my, you know, I, I took like three hundred aspirin, and, uh, you know, uh, and then, you know, I I made like a a post, and I didn't think anyone would know what it was about, but everyone, I guess everyone kind of knew. Yeah, in a bad place because even at that time, I really, I mean. I didn't really have friends in the. I didn't really feel like I had any friends in the scene. I felt like I was just literally one of the most beloved people. In I wasn't the at that point though because I was new. This is when I was new. I was, yeah. I was new in a comedy when this happened, and weirdly, there was that attempt that brought me 
closer to people, you know, um, because I had so many attempts and so many hospitalizations throughout right. those years. And, um, and you know, the P- I, I brought on Facebook, you know, I just wrote, I, I love you all. I'm sorry. And in my head, I'm like, no one's going to know what the fuck's this about. And everyone of me was like, Tom's gonna die. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And everyone started contacting my fan, you know, yeah. like looking for my my parents' Facebook and just, you know, people who didn't know each other. Community, do you know his? I know his address. I'm going to that, you yeah. know. And uh, you know, um, uh, I was in the ICU for like four or five days. And uh, I'm very depressed um, and ve- feeling very, you know, worth and really, really pissed that I hadn't done a good job finishing it off. And I remember also feeling very embarrassed because this was the first time it was it was public if that makes sense yeah i was so paranoid about people finding out before that i was constantly dealing with these things i was i was i told individuals but i it was very few and most of the individuals i told were people i wasn't close with because i didn't i didn't if i'm not close with them then that me them taking off or me not being around or them not wanting anything to do with it. Okay, well that doesn't that didn't really hurt. Yeah. You know? Uh and this is the first time where like a lot of people knew and they were worried and um you know all those people I'm very thankful. All the people who messaged my parents, like a lot of comics messaged my parents because i also was so paranoid that you know because they're buddhist and they you know i I asked them please don't talk about it at the buddhist meetings or ask the leaders for guidance on like i don't want anyone to know and for the first time all these people were contacting and like you know talking to my parents and my parents really were like you know (laughs) they, they hadn't been had really had anyone to talk to about it or you know they they felt like i was very alone and they felt very alone because i really you all were hiding in the dark about this yeah and that was that was i mean that was my you know my call you know uh and you know there there were there were just reasons you know uh but all of these comics and some non-comics but all these comics reached out to my parents and just you know if you need anything and i hope you're okay and yada 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 and before that because this is this is i wasn't doing well on stage i had i don't i think the last good set i had i was 14 and so i'd come home i would go out incredibly depressed and incredibly emotional then i'd go bomb and i'd come home and start punching my wall in my bedroom and and my dad my dad you know for kept telling me like hey you don't you don't have to do this maybe this isn't good for your mental health you yeah. know, maybe don't don't do this. And I remember being in the ICU, and there was just this long breath of silence. And it was like, "Hey, uh, I know you're uh, probably feeling very 
self-conscious and vulnerable that people know right now that you're here. But please don't let this keep you from doing comedy. And it, yeah, it hit me. It hit me in a weird way. It was the first time I realized how how muffled they must have felt, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because they're also dealing with their son, who their doctors are telling is good, not going to be part of society. Right. And the son is begging them to not talk about it with people. Yeah. And they need to, but they can't. And they're, yeah. you know, and I'm not, it, I wasn't the easiest person to talk about it too and you know um i think they just were overwhelmed with joy that uh that somebody that people in general gave a fuck you found your tribe yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and even that you know and then there was still there was still a lot of you know and it was weird, too, because when I came back, the first thing I did, I just talked about being in the psych war. You know, some of the material I was doing that you saw last night that you hadn't yeah. heard before, that was, the, I, that was like my first good set in comedy was just talking. It was just telling the true story, you know, yeah. just untagged, not knowing. But I, yes. that was the first thing I talked about. Yes. And it, it crushed. And yeah. I was just like, oh, I guess... I guess this is what I should be talking about. Yes. And it was very weird going from, because before that, you never saw this face. I did like very weird, like just kind of off-putting one-liners. <laughs> I've heard them. I've heard some of them. But yeah. 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 But yeah, I, I definitely caught the like developing a story phase and um, and really telling that story. And I really, you know, I've learned I'm now for better or worse in the same vein of a storytelling comic. I never thought that that was, I didn't think that was the direction it was going to go for me. Right. Obviously it's the direction it went. Yeah. And I, I like a lot of, yeah. And I, they're, they're non, you know, they're non, I do non storytelling too, but I definitely do a lot of storytelling. And when you hear it, I, I think most people don't really absorb that it's storytelling because, of how bizarre it is to them that I'm talking about the things I am. Uh, right. Weirdly, the things that everyone believes are the, the little quick jokes I make up. Those are the ones that those are, are, <laughs> those are the ones that are like, oh yeah, I also do that. I'm like, no, that one's not true. Yeah. I'm the, <laughs> I forgot who was to tell this. And you're like, yeah, I think you're the only person I know who uh, has to make their, who has to, to, to make their jokes less crazy so that people will stay interested <laughs> and not come. That's amazing. <laughs> what is your um, relationship? You mentioned prayer and meditation earlier. What is your relationship to a higher power? And uh, I know it's complicated. I know that's like a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's a whole lot of other podcasts. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Do you grow up very religious? Yeah, I did grow up very religious. But I Buddhist grew up religious. Buddhist. Yeah. Yeah. That also, and I'll be honest, that all the Buddhist shit ties into uh, uh, why I dislike. I got, you know, I got bullied a lot as a kid for being Buddhist. That's so weird. You know, the funniest one I forgot about this uh, is I was I was outside of a show and a comic was talking to me and I mentioned that I was it was raised Buddhist and it was like, oh, are you part of that that one college and 
Alicia. I was like, well, it's not a Buddhist college, but yes, yeah, it's, it's the one affiliated with that. I was like, oh yeah, it's, my my mom thought you guys were plotting the next nine eleven, and it just in my head I go, oh that's right, I got bullied a bunch as a kid for nine eleven. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> What part of the dark web gurgled up that hot shit garbage conspiracy theory? I I don't. People are just uh, dumb. People are just dumb. I don't. I don't. It's tough with the, the with the Buddhist stuff. I don't. You know, I'm not. I'm not practicing anymore. Uh, at least not in not in uh, any organized religion. Not in a formal I'll way. Never, and I'll never. Yeah. I'll never. Uh, I'll never join in. You know, a formal way. And, and one thing about it is, it's not. It's not a, it's, you know, I don't really, I don't, I don't really subscribe to, to, uh, a higher power as much, you know, uh, I, you know, I do think that, um, everything is connected, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's a a weird tightrope for me to walk for all the reasons I stated throughout the podcast. (laughs) Right, right, right. Right, Right. uh, universal connection can be a a difficult, a difficult theory. Me over, yeah, yeah, me overthinking anything uh, in that category is, you know, is, can be dangerous. But I do, I do, I do believe that. And, you know, it's, um, the way that I was, you know, taught to pray as well as besides, you know, kill a lion when you pray, uh, the other way I was taught to pray. <laughs> I love that, by the way. Uh, yeah, no, it I stuck fu- with me for a reason. I was given a lot of different guidance, a lot of different, that always stuck with me. I heard, so I, I just did, I did a bunch of ghostwriting for drag queens and I heard um, a drag queen on a podcast talking about, in this, I swear to God, this will swing around. She was talking about going on stage to do a sad song for the first time because they lip sync for a living. And she she was a little scared. And a, and a drag queen turned to her and like kind of grabbed her by the dress and said, fuck him in the heart. <laughs> That's great. Isn't that? That's you great. Can't, like as a comedian, don't you just like fucking feel that? That's and, great. And I feel like your dad that's the same thing oh it's yeah like, it's like fucking the universe in the heart that's what you're doing oh yeah my dad my dad my dad was great at like verbally and this is gonna sound bad because it, it, and then i'll explain verbally punching you in the chest yes and i say the chest because it's not it's not hurting you yeah, it's a two by it's, four to the head that's what my friend used to call it hey let's wake up let's do this yes. you know the, the way you would you know the way athletes would you know my dad always gave the the weirdest greatest advice i remember when i i played hockey he goes three you get 10 seconds on your first shift on the ice hit somebody hit somebody as hard as you can if you get a penalty it doesn't matter just hit somebody i mean like i get in it i was like i don't want to get a penalty i was like no 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 it's not about that when you hit somebody everyone in the crowd can see you get excited and you fight for the rest of the game. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. He's saying give get yourself, on the court mentally. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goes, you give yourself 10 seconds yeah. to to hit somebody as hard as you can. Yeah. I don't it, it, I don't care. I was like I'm going to I'm going to talk to the coach because I'll go with you. And the coach goes, "You know what? Yeah, that sounds yeah, I'm absolutely. Yeah. I'll go, if you get a penalty, I'll write it off." Just hit somebody. Yeah. And it was was just an attitude of don't, you know, have, it's the fight, and they talk about this in Buddhism, is the the fighting spirit. 
Yes. Not actually physically fighting, but having a spirit that's that won't stop punching. Yeah. That, that keeps that keeps going uh, despite. You know, it's it's a it's a weird it it, it the, the you know, and it's also I sometimes I wonder how much of it is my parents and how much of the religion, but there is an aspect of the way to make it through life is you get in a defensive stance, and the defense is secondary. You just don't stop punching. You, you would keep l- your chin down. You keep your ribs covered. And you don't stop fucking striking. You would love the type of karate I did. That was the same thing they used to say. Because it's pressure like, fighting is a pressure fighting style karate. Yes, yeah. it's like so. In Wei Chi Ryu, it's it's um, based off of a kung fu technique from, uh, and in China, it's called Pungai Noon, which uh-huh. means half hard, half soft. And they used to say, oh, except for the the California Wei Chi people, the Steve the Steve is actually his last name's Goss. Really, the Steve Goss people, uh, they just go half hard, half hard. Uh, we were not known for a lot of... De- I learned how to defensively punch because of my size, but what we were all really good at is coming in like offensive Take the space. hard. Yeah. That's why when I roast battled, I love to actually put my one of my strongest jokes at the beginning. Right, and, yeah. And then... No, I do that like, too sometimes. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, no, I'm going to knock you in the teeth so hard you ain't never going to recover from this yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. Like, that I'm, was always my strategy yeah, don't I'm not, don't give them space yes get, yeah get in their face yes don't yes. be don't 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 take steps back and that's that's kind yes. of and that's spiritually what i was i was i was taught and so besides that it's you know i was taught that to, to pray you're not praying to something you're praying to you know our, our altar our, our prayer device is it's called gohonzon and you're supposed to treat the gohonzon like a, a mirror to your soul okay and so when you're 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 not you're not praying to to a god yeah. I, I was never i was never the concept of god to me because of my social interaction with the kid is just synonymous with bullying and it always will be <laughs> It's always going to be attached to the bully in my head. Right. I hate God. <laughs> I okay. hate that concept. I don't believe in it. And, okay. you know, and I also want to make clear I've met so many good-hearted, well-intentioned, genuinely good people who I truly love who do believe in God. Yeah. I'm not saying that's everybody, but I definitely it definitely it puts my shoulders up once people start talking about God. Yeah. For for that reason. Uh but it's a reflect, yeah. To pray like it's a reflection of yourself, and you want to, uh, and it's to, to, to grow, and you're sending what you want. There's an, you know, through energy, through you yeah. know, the words of the vessel. You're there's a there's a rhythm. Uh, I'm explaining this very poorly right now. I've explained this so many times. I've explained this so. There's a rhythm to the universe. Is okay. basically what's taught. Yeah. And when you pray, you're trying to sync yourself with the rhythm of the universe. Makes sense. That's why sometimes you get an intuition like, I'm going to just wait. I'm going to wait before I take this step. And then you see a car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just that those, those happenstance. Yeah. 
it just it, and so when you pray you're like get in the rhythm of the universe that you're protected get in the rhythm of your what it, you know rhythm of the universe so that you have better luck in the pursuit of the things that you're trying to achieve and things line up yeah so that you can get what you're fighting for synchronicity that, yeah mm-hmm. yeah so that's so there, I kind of believe in that still. I'm still struggling with my feelings on a lot of different things. I don't believe in God. Okay. I think, you know, on top of all the other things I brought up, I also feel like it's it's the most... This is going to sound rude, and I'm sorry if you're offended. By it, whoever's listening is offended by this. I think it's such an oversimplification that takes beauty away from the universe to be like someone created it and he's in charge. Yeah. And that's just my personal feeling. I think it's so much more complicated, more beautiful and there's so much more chaos and there's beauty and there's ugliness in that chaos. Yes. Up and down. That's the, the, the world isn't black and white where there's a good man and a bad man. They're duking it out and that's where we live. There's good and evil inside of us, and there's a battle internally, and there's over 7 billion people having that war right now as we speak, walking through life, and that has nothing to do with anything outside of them. It's it's inner battles, and I feel like when it's oversimplified like that, it this is just my feelings, it, it takes away the you know both the beauty and the fear and the truth of what life is and i the biggest thing to me is i'm i'm not going to live a life where i'm focused on how i die you know i you know that that defeats the purpose on i'll figure out when i get there you know if i'm wrong about all this then you know uh i hope that there's merit on intents you know but uh, me worrying about it for sure doesn't make me happier and it for sure doesn't help anything you know i think if you need a, a a punishment reward system to be a good person you miss the point of what this whole thing is about anyway right you know so um yeah, I don't believe in God. I do believe that there is some connection, and every once in a while I'll pray. And it's honestly, it's complicated because what I was raised with is so vastly different than what most people are raised with, and it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a lot of time. And then on the other hand, I also am still figuring it out, if yeah. that makes sense. But I know I don't believe in God. And even even in moments of crisis, I don't pray to a god because Christian. I bet you pray to God moments of crisis. I go, no, I'll chant sometimes. I'll say Nam Renge Kyo sometimes, but I don't. Yeah. I don't believe I, 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 at no point am I like, okay, big man, uh, my bad. Like I've never done that. <laughs> I've never never done that. Yeah. But I, you know, and it, and when I do. You know, when I in moments of crisis, when I do do that, it's not. I, it, you know, once again, it's it's. Not about asking. That prayer isn't is yes. it's not you're not asking. Yeah. You're telling the universe this is what's happening. Yes. You know. Yes. So uh but you know, um but yeah, I, I I do believe we're all connected and I'm still figuring out out 
and I'm afraid to believe in it strongly. That's the other thing. I don't. I don't want to believe in anything strongly because of my own. Well, because you're you're an intense person. Oh boy, yes. Yeah. Well, I am too, and it's. I remember. I, I vacillated back and I've vacillated back and forth with my concept of a higher power, and I've been atheist. I've been. I've been all the things, and I. I don't. I don't necessarily. Um, trust people that don't question their faith in whatever the thing is that they have faith in. For sure. I, I'm like, you got to think about it a little bit. Right. You know, How but could you not? what you described is very much my understanding of a higher power. It's right. that, that synchronicity, the, you know, the, the universe, we were literally talking today about, um, about my friend described it as, um, you know, they just had to go back to the energy source. Yeah. You know, you just got to go back to where that energy came from. Right. And, um, and I, I think that, you know, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it, it is fascinating. Unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, I think for a lot of people, the word, I think here's the deal. There's big G God, and there's little G God, the uh, descriptor. Right. And that's the little, little G God is definitely like def like when I, if I say the word God, what I'm saying is exactly what you articulated i have right, zero right. idea what holds this controlled free fall of a world universe plane together right but i'm in it and i'd yeah. like to be in sync with it you know i'd right. like to be in sync with it and um i think it's a beautiful like i think that it's the most articulate description of i i totally i mean that's I what get it yeah yeah and that's what i was that's why i was i was i was raised with and you know at the end of the day like almost all of the reasons except for the over getting too deep into connection you know the principles i was taught as a kid in in the the buddhist teaching and practice i was in super agree with a lot of them still it was just the organization started doing things that you know nothing sinister like catholic sinister anything yeah. like that. <laughs> that's know. a level <laughs> yeah but just like watch the keepers on netflix right, that's a level <laughs> right but just you know but just like just like oh this is some of the things that made this so cool this you guys are going in a different direction yeah. and it's weird and i don't like it can i can i blow your mind i saw it was a national geographic article they did um a neurologist hooked up uh, Buddhist monks, mm -hmm. nuns, I mean, a bunch of uh, yogis. Right. Um, they, they hooked these people up to um, uh, neurosensors in the exact same part of the brain when they're praying and meditating uh, lit up on all of them regardless of faith. Yeah. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to access that, that meditative part of the brain right and that there is a like a, a biochemical reason for for this experience of spirituality and um, or at least that they can track it right. um but but that's that it's and it's like parts of the brain that don't usually light up it's like it's, it's like just parts of the neural networks that are active and and that um 
and that's why I love, you know, it's like the world that we live in is, is, is tough. And in so many ways regressing, you know, when it comes to mental health and whatnot. But one of the beautiful things is there's an obsession with meditation right now. There's yeah. 500 meditation apps. There's, and, and, and that is, I did a walking meditation before you got here. Like, I like to clear the cash. Like, like let's right. go outside and be in my body and experience that and mindfulness. And this is such a big resurgence. And I think everybody's trying to light that part of their brain up because that's, I think that's the part that we're as a species heading towards is like all this chaos is pushing us into a place where we got to be like, you're right. I do need to pay $5 a month to learn how to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think people are actually learning how to do it. Right. And I, and I, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still like, this is, this is the one, you know, I, this is the hardest one for me because it's the one, it's the one that uh, I'm still trying to grasp uh, the most. And that's actually, I mentioned this earlier. I'll, I'll plug it now. I'm, yes, I'm, yes. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm so sorry. excited. I've talked about Mean Boys a lot here, and, and you yes. should you should absolutely listen to that. I'm also for sure this this other show I put together will be out in March. Uh, called it's called called Leaving the Tribe, and it's about people who have left a group, a community, a religion. Uh, you know whether yeah yeah religion prison just a, anything that was toxic to them it doesn't even have to be in general talk but you know. To, at least toxic to them and their process of choosing to leave uh, and why they did and finding, you know, uh, and reconnecting afterwards. And so that's, it's called leaving the tribe. It should be out in, in March. And, uh, you know, also you, if you can't find it, it it's just follow me on. So it'll, there'll be posts about it. You'll, you, you can find it if you follow me and stuff, yeah. but yeah. you know, and, and part of the reason I'm, I'm putting this sh show together is to, talking to other people i'm hoping to figure out my own shit more <laughs> you know? yeah that's dude i have two podcasts about figuring out my own shit more yeah, so yeah, yeah, i yeah, totally yeah. understand yeah the conversation that we have a phrase in 12-step fellowships called the where we say um uh the the power of one addict is helping another is without parallel uh-huh. And it's the human connection. It's the two people talking one to one another and showing each other kindness and respect and forgiveness and acceptance. That's truly the experience where healing lies. Right. And um so I love that. Oh, thanks. Leaving yeah. the tribe. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. I'm gonna listen to it. You guys does you got one subscriber. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, you right now, you've Thank got one you. subscriber. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, it's uh I'm I'm very I was very I'm very nervous for it, but I'm very excited for it at the same time. What is one thing you would leave you wanna leave on this podcast for somebody just like you? Because I'm willing to bet that people I hope if you're listening to this and you've had the same experience if you've literally walked through psychosis and come out the other side, <laughs> do me a favor and hit Tom up so he knows yeah, that he be, is not alone. That'd be great. I've ran into one person has messaged messaged me. Yeah. Because I talked about it a little bit on another podcast and I messaged me. And you know, just I could tell how he was talking. I was like, Oh, yeah, this is real. This one's this one's real. Yeah. And we're talking. And we're like sending each other feeler questions, like oh, how did, and it's like oh yeah 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 yeah, Aww. and I was like I was sort of like crying in my in my kitchen, <laughs> I was like crying because I was like oh this is I've I've I haven't ran into this before yeah you're not and, alone man and uh, um, 
and uh, and he was talking about you know other podcasts. And I, I messaged him. And I was just like, "Have yeah, you checked out Mean Boys? It's not for everybody, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny." And he messaged me back. And he goes, "Yeah, I checked it out. It wasn't for me. It seemed like a lot of work for very little payoff." <laughs> and I thought I was I went from crying to laughing hysterically because we do work insanely hard you for do. bizarre amounts of payout. <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's all comedy, by the way. It's yeah, a lot of work oh, for of not course. a lot of payoff. Yeah, but um, I, 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 say what would I say to someone else who's um, I don't. It doesn't. It, it in the great. Try to enjoy. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say try to enjoy it, and then I, the, 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 yeah. I just remembered, you know, the yeah, the, yep, Brody, yeah, 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 enjoy yeah. it, yeah, no, enjoy it. It's uh, uh it's, you, it, we all die at some point, you know. There's no need to speed it up, and you might as well try to have a good time while you're here. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm fucking yeah. up real bad on the no. enjoying it part. On the enjoying it part, I'm not good at it, but well, I'm trying to get better. Okay, extra questions. What do you? <laughs> okay, wait. Like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do to what? Like, enjoying it. You know what I did? This is what I did when I I went through a nasty breakup and I was really depressed and I was in a fucking life crippling job and it's, this all happened before just before I started stand up. Every time somebody suggested I do something and or asked me to go somewhere and do something, I said yes. I've been doing more of that lately. Yeah. I went went bungee jumping. I went to comedy, live comedy for the first time. I've been doing more of that. A big problem with that is budget for me. I don't, I don't. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'll bring you around on the cheap. I got it. I got I got memberships to things. I got season passes. I get friendship days. We're going to go experience some shit. There's well, yeah, a lot of yeah. free dope shit to do in the city. Right, right, right. No, there is. There is. And I'm trying I'm trying to get better about just going out and, you know, also, you know what's weird is it, I don't think me and you have had much of this experience, but with a lot of people, I will like stone fa- like just kind of like stone face them, if that makes sense. Where yeah. They have, have you seen me do that I've to people? I've seen you do it to other people. I've seen you have moments where it's come out a little bit with me, but it's very rare because we have like a level of trust yeah, and acceptance yeah, of known, one another. Yeah, we've known each other for a long time. Yeah, we've definitely been stone... Both of us have been stone faced in rooms and seen the other person la- walk in and just like light up all of a sudden, just like, right. I've been in this open mic for 200 years. Thank God yeah. you're here. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've been in a room full of people and I feel desperately alone. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's... Yeah, you know. uh, Do you feel like that prevents you from trying new things, or? I mean, that's an example of just a little, a little. Yeah, yeah, I think people don't. I think people don't want to be around the guy who they don't. They can't see if he experiences emotion. Uh, You know, I'm trying to could be best friends. Sometimes I'll be like, "Hey, are you having a good day?" And he'll be like, "Yeah." And I'll be like, "Hey, do me a favor." Tell your face and or your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Tell one part of your body <laughs> that yeah. you are having a good day. <laughs> yeah. It's also, it's also, yeah, it's I'm, I'm just so just little things like that. I'm trying to, cause that's one thing. Here's, here's what I, I should leave with, with people is 
is, you know, don't tackle the giant thing. If your problem is connection, if your problem is, you know, staying sober, if your problem is, you know, finances, don't start with, you know, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have ten years clean. I'm gonna be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. Don't start with I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a social butterfly. Start with yes. I'm gonna have, you know, what? I'm gonna try to have one good conversation a day. I'm, yes. I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'm gonna get it, get through today. You know, one, yes. st- one step, at one day, one at a day time. at a time. I'm get through today. I'm going to not go over an overdraft my bank this week you know what i mean yeah it's it's the little steps you know what i mean and that that's and then once you master that then or not even master but you set up okay i'm I'm in the routine of not fucking up you know i know fucking up is an aggressive way to put it but i what i I just speak aggressively it doesn't it's fine you know uh, the heart get right but you know uh you know and then slowly up it and once I started doing that, instead of going, I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose a hundred pounds tomorrow. You know, like right. that. It, you know, it sounds ridiculous, but everyone everyone does that occasionally with a thing that they want to do. Or like, ah, but it's, you know, yeah, the work and love the work, the the process of making things better. You know, that's that's what that's the only that's the only you know yeah. don't don't. Enjoy if, the moment if, you're yeah, in. Yeah, if you deal with psychosis, it's not about, you know, never going back to a hospital. It's about, okay, can I have less intrusive thoughts today than I did yesterday? Can I, mm. you know, just just, just find the, 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 don't worry about the long-term goals. Know what you want long-term, but don't worry about the long-term yes. goals. Yes, stay in the moment. Stay, think about, think about what you accomplished today how can you slightly up it from 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 yesterday? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or how can, how can you slightly up it for tomorrow? Uh, oh, you didn't make your quota today. Well, okay. What's one, what's the thing I can do differently and see if that you know that that I guess that would be my advice for yeah. That was incredible. <laughs> this might be this was I a mean, fun episode. This, this was. I mean, it was, a, it was yeah, it was long. It was <laughs> for real. This might be one of the best episodes of Twelve Questions. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, thank you so much for oh, sharing your story and your vulnerability. And yeah, yeah. Friendship and cheese and <laughs> no, thank you for the cheese. <laughs> thank I you am for bringing the it. cheese. I just. Would thank me for eating. I'll always eat cheese. Uh, well, I mean, we got that for you. This is the house <laughs> of cheese. So. Yeah. I mean, just thank you. Thank you oh, no. so thank, much. This is such you. a this I cannot is... wait for your podcast. I am thrilled. I'm 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 excited about it too. I'm I'm trying I'm trying to figure out how the f- yeah, the later conversation. No, we'll talk yeah. about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we got yeah, you. No, I'm 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 very excited we got about you. it. And I think uh yeah, I think I don't you know, I don't know if yeah. how other people react to it. I think it'll be good for me and I'm hoping it'll be I hope the pe- the guests will yes. enjoy talking about it. And I hope that the people who need that kind of outlet, who've maybe been through that kind of thing, yeah. will be able to relate to it as well. Yes. Yeah. I love and it. Thank you for letting me plug it. And thank you for letting me 
yes. talk about the the mental health stuff. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what we we're going to talk about because I'm, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I drink like once or twice a year. Yeah. But I, I, so, but I used to be, I mean, not an alcoholic, but. You were going hard. I was abusing alcohol. You were going really hard. You were. You I was were, abusing alcohol harder than some alcoholics. <laughs> instead, of, what I could say, it was very clear. You were. You were instead of doing the things, the checklist of things that help you on your on your daily basis. Yeah. What you were doing is you were drinking a lot. Yeah, I sure was. <laughs> I sure was. And then your pancreas turned into a pinata. Yeah. And then that was it. It sure did. (laughs) That was a wrap. Yeah. Thank you for letting me. Yeah. Thank you for talking. Letting me talk about the mental health stuff because it's a thing where I'm sure Mean Boys fans who bounce around and listen, guess the things I guess on, they're probably so sick of hearing me talk about because I talk about it every chance I can get. And it's not, it's not because, you know, it's literally because I want to raise awareness yes because it's a huge problem yes and some of the people who have been there's also there's also there's you know i you know i i I, I talked about you know feeling isolated and stuff i also want to point out that um there's a lot of people who were diagnosed schizophrenic who they're on meds they're completely functional right and that's 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 also that's still there's still you know a lot of if them your meds are working them. stay yeah and also don't yeah. listen to what I've said and then go okay well I'm gonna get off my meds right then. D- 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 you know everything you do do carefully do it with 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 supervision I don't know how things ended up the way they did for me none of it makes any medical science or so yeah it you know um but. You know, uh, uh, I I want I want to live in a world where people who have that diagnosis, even though it was a misdiagnosis for me, it was a horrible experience being in that world and being afraid to talk to people about it and yeah. being trapped in there and trapped yeah. in your own head. When so many of the people that I met in the in the psych ward and outside the psych ward who deal with that, they're they're great people. Right. They wouldn't hurt anybody. Yeah. They they have they have a disease. And most of the time it's under control and they're horrified that people will find out because they've experienced the things that I've talked about. And, you know, yeah. So, and that's why I'm so passionate about talking about this on so many platforms is I don't, you know, based off my experiences, I want it to be less stigmatized. And for whatever reason, I think I can help. (laughs) You can. That's it. I mean... I think that might be the mission. You know what I mean? Like whatever the mission is, it's I think that's a, for me, yeah. a huge part of the mission for you is to, you know, cause there is mixed diagnosis out there and you can experience some really intense thing. I've had times in my life where I've had rip roaring panic attacks every single day and then none for years. And then yeah. they started to creep back in and it's like, you don't, your brain chemistry can sometimes be such a, a roller coaster. And I was ashamed. I was ashamed to talk about it. The first time I talked about it on this podcast, I cut it out because really? I was ashamed. Yeah. And I realized I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like I was afraid no one would hire me or want to work with me. Yeah. And that's insane. You know what you really, you want a person who has some self-awareness of their fucking shit on your staff. It's right. really what you want. Yeah, yeah. You want somebody who's lived a life. You want somebody who's going to be able to look you dead in the eye and go, you know what? I need to take a mental health day this afternoon. Yeah. I'm a little triggered right now. I need to. You don't want a bunch of people popping off and acting crazy because they don't know what their fucking issues are. Yeah. No, for you sure. You know what I mean? For and, sure. And we tend to be like, 
the safest people to have around are the people that never admit their vulnerability. That's insane. No, those those people are the ones that eat living cats. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I don't... If I can't see your demons, because I'm also... I, and this is a thing I'm trying to do less. I immediately try to figure out what people's deal is and what they're... And if I can't crack it within the first couple times of meeting you, I... I, I, there's something in my brain that goes, I don't, I don't fucking trust this person. Yeah. Yeah. It's you a know. thing. I'm a, my therapist has been talking about this for a long time. She's like, you know, you're an empath, right? And I was like, well, an empath, like that's some hippie bullshit. What are you talking about? And it wasn't until the other day I was trying to explain it to Stuart. I was like, no, when I walk into the comedy store patio, I can feel the emotions of everybody around me. I yeah. can feel it all at once, like a mosh pit. No, I do that shit too. And and it's sometimes really overwhelming. And most empathic people are not outgoing at the same time, but I'm super outgoing. So it's one of those things where I have to be like, I have to kind of bob and weave. And, and he, he finally got it. He was like, oh, it's like smells. Yeah. And I was like, exactly, but with emotions. Right. And he was like, that's so <laughs> and I was like, well, it's not weird. He's like, I mean, I'm trying to like wrap my head around it. So you just like feel people when you walk in the room. Was, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 No, I get that shit too. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's this, it's this whole thing. And it's like, okay, well now I'm going to address it. Like now not address it, but like learn to live with the way it works. Cause it's also my superpower. It's your superpower too. Cause you know, when you walk into a room and you get no emotional read off of somebody, you're like, Ooh, stranger danger. What's going on? What yeah. you hiding? How do you, yeah. How do you also, <laughs> how do you know how to hide that? How do you know how to hide it? What are you doing? And then how did you come to the conclusion <laughs> that, that you, you should? should? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so <clears throat> what you got going on in there? Cat Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I imagine we'd be the only two people that met Ted Bundy and went, fuck that guy from across the room. <laughs> I'm just like, did not care for him. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Tom, where can people find you? Oh, and I want to plug something together. Yeah. The oh, yes. Unrepresentables. Unre- yep, yep. Unrepresentables. We are the third Friday at Oino Vino here in, uh, is it well, Atwater Village or Silver Lake? Where the fuck is it? It's like right on the border. It's, between, at, it's, I think it's Atwater Silver Lake. I think it's technically Atwater Village. Yeah, it's it's gonna, it's called the Unrepresentables. It is a show. Speaking of how we're both like service-minded people, we're both make the world a better place people, vibrate higher people. Here's the deal. Um, there are incredibly talented, beautiful people in this city that and you this, don't know them. You don't know and them. You should because we have this wackadoo industry system. And the goal of the show, the mission of this show, is to bring um, the industry folks who have industry connections there, along with folks that have who've been overlooked by the industry for whatever reason yeah. it is. And we want to bring it, create a showcase for folks that maybe um because i know how i'd market me you know like whatever those things are like we want to bring people to the attention of the industry and the best way to do that is to have a packed motherfucking house and a lot of word of mouth so like when comp when you guys show up comics start talking about how hot the show is and then industry people show up and they are they're more encouraged they're more excited to show up and so those people get seen so if you love comedy and you love the hidden gems of comedy what Caitlin would call the lovable weirdos. You know what I mean? You love those people. You love those people who are like, who, you know, who are so fiercely and independently themselves. This is a totally 
for you. Yeah, this it's going to be it's a great, great show. Exactly. It's this is literally this is what this is meant for and it's speaking of like things coming together easily. It literally just it was literally a a topic of conversation in a writing group. Yeah. And then it became a thing. So yeah. it's me, Tom, Nat by Mel. Uh, please, please, Baymol, Baymol. I always call him Baymol. It's Baymol, isn't it? Something, some, something, some, something, Florida. Oh, for the love of Pete, um, I've known him for years. He's I been. Think it's Baymol. It's Baymol, right? Okay. Oh, God, for the love of Pete. I've said it different. I think every single time. <laughs> yes. And here's the thing: I've heard this name said so many times, and I know I've been saying it. I think it's Baymol. It's Baymol. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, we have collaborated. We talking to us? No, it's Bethamet. Bethamet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have we we are collaborating to create this showcase because, you know what? Um, fuck them in the heart. That's yeah, why. Fuck them in the heart. Fuck them in the heart, man. Yeah. Fucking get that fight. Tell that universe what you want. We yeah. are telling the universe what we want. Yeah. Kill get, kill that lion. Killing the lion. High industry. I kill lions. I kill lions. <laughs> Market that. I hit pocket you. That was literally one of the best Brody stories. Everybody's sharing all their Brody stories. Everybody's uh, tweeting about him. And one of my favorite ones was uh, he, he did like an industry charity event. It was an audience full of... Um, it was an audience full of uh, uh, like managers uh-huh. and they were each comic experienced comics. Some of the best comics in LA were going up and they were just eating a dick. And then they cut and they're all just like, that is the worst crowd I've ever seen. And apparently Brody went out and he just looked at the first guy he saw like projecting negativity in the first row and he pointed at him and he said, do you think I'm afraid of you? I'm not afraid of you. I hit pocket you, <laughs> which is an industry term for when a manager temporarily represents you to, yeah. for a project. So he was like, I hit pocket you. And they erupted laughter <laughs> and he just tore them apart. And so like, this is definitely in that vein of like, we're taking it back. We're yeah. taking it back. Yeah. Come and see us. Come and support us. The more of you that and show And is doing up. all the sassy Latina hands. I've right got now. I've got <laughs> hand going. I've become a drag queen in the last few weeks. It's it's brilliant. Where can people find you, Tom? Oh, uh, at GosGoss6, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can add me on Facebook if you want. And then uh, is this going to be out? When you- I'm doing it out tomorrow. I'm going to oh, process yeah. it tonight. Uh, you catch me at the Yukon Comedy Festival on uh, March 14th. And then... Mean Boys Spring Tour. I'll be uh, go to Mean Boys podcasts uh, for dates, but Houston, Austin, Dallas, Atlanta, Orlando, uh, Indiana, Indianapolis. Uh, I'm forgetting Nashville, Kansas City, and I'm forgetting a place. Come come to my live shows if you live in any of those places. We're doing Yay. we're doing. We, I mean, it's either going to be a live Mean Boys episode, which are always fun. We get dominatrixes. We we get yeah. hurt. I'm going to get tased at one of these shows, probably. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I am nuts. Is it? It's pretty <laughs> funny doing a whole podcast about being misunderstood and trying to find connection, and then I close out with I'm going to get tased get somewhere tased. in the south. Uh, <laughs> if you like to go to like a fr- like a good old freak show and see some shit. Yeah. That's like, you get everything. You I get really, comedy. You get tasing. You get. I've seen you guys whipped. I've seen yep, it's uh, hot so- the hot sauce dominatrix. Oh yeah, that, that was. I like to describe it as like what if, what if a what if a punk show 
energy was a was a comedy show. It's very Gigi Allen. Yeah, 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 yeah very yeah. Gigi Allen. Um, and then yeah, I love it. And thanks for yeah, oh, and you're doing a po- you're doing your album. Oh, you know what? I should I should plug your album. You know what? This will be the first place I announce ah! it. But you know what? If you listen to all five hours of this episode, <laughs> you earned it. <laughs> uh, August seventeenth. Fuck, now I can't remember 16th or 17th. I got it. <laughs> I, I love oh, it. I'm such a I'm such you, a dipwad. Uh, you're the best. I'm going to I can't plug the wrong day, but August God, this is embarrassing. Yeah, I was I was right. August 17th at the North Bar in Chicago, I will be recording uh my first album. So, uh there's no ticket link up for that, but if if you're listening to this in the present God, I'm so bad at communicating. And mark just mark down. Oh, August seventeenth, there will be tickets up uh, within the next month or so. And uh, just yeah, general hype. Get excited for that. Come on out. Uh, and it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be great. I've worked really Yay. hard on these batshit stories. You know, if you like stories about spoons or special bus or you know. Uh, bodily if, harm or you if know. you liked all five hours of this podcast you gonna love that hour of comedy <laughs> <laughs> you like if honestly if you like dark comedy not edgelord comedy if you like dark yes. personal comedy yes. you'll enjoy it i promise i love it tom you're amazing you're amazing thank you for letting me talk oh. that long i thought for sure you would have stopped me no <laughs> not at all not at all uh you can find me at anna v's phone on twitter and instagram you can find me at annavalenzuela.com you can follow us at 12 questions 12 q pod on twitter and instagram uh sorry i didn't post anything last week i was sick as a motherfucker i gotta make it up to rachel she was a delight um and uh again the unrepresentables third friday of every month uh doors are at 6 30 shows at 7 and the brouhaha podcast on the unpops network please listen to everything on unpops please 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 we will fill your brain with words um but yeah and tom how we end this podcast is i Uh, say say thank you for listening to the anna rogan experience (laughs) oh my god i had a full joe rogan (laughs) podcast oh my god oh my god and i because i'm always like who is gonna listen to a four and a half hour fucking podcast Oh my God. I always, you're, you know what? I take it back. I'm sorry, Joe Rogan. Sometimes, why is he always wet? Anyway, um, <laughs> I have a lot of questions about Joe Rogan. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're a Joe Rogan fan, tweet at him and be like, listen, I know a bitch who can keep up with you. <laughs> but uh, Tom, uh, how we end this podcast is if nobody's told you this today, I love you. Always makes me uncomfortable. I'm sorry. Love you too. Uh, so sweet. Yeah, I don't. I always react poorly to that. Someone I saying know. that to me. You knew that was coming. I could tell. I can, that's just part of it. That's yeah. how we do it. We end on love. You saw me swallow the almonds weird after you said. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He just swallowed whole almonds. <laughs> like I a love confused you too. squirrel. I love you too. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And if you're listening to this today, and nobody's told you this today, we love you. Bye.